Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I am your host, Daydon Tolbert. We, um, it's been a little bit of uh, a few days uh, now since we were last live. Uh, every year we take a little bit of a, a break during the, the summer. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of things going on, holidays and uh, family vacations and just spending time with the uh, family and loved ones. So um, that's what I've been doing. And, um, you know, but I wanted to come back tonight to uh, talk a little bit about some things that have been going on in the world, do a, do a little bit of um, Ask Day Nine Advice Hour, talk about um, you know, everyone's been talking about the the tragedy in Orlando, um, talking about this this gun legislation uh, reforms. All types of reforms are being talked about in, in, in the works, and just want to spend a little bit of time talking about you know what what's really going on behind the scenes. Talk about um, what we as Christians should be looking out for uh, as far as the government, as far as the media is concerned. Um, you know, I understand that there's some other things going on right now tonight. Somebody just uh, inboxed it. Hey, you don't, you're, Dad, you're live tonight. Don't you know the BET Awards? I said, I said, the BET Awards. I said, well, I said, you know, that's a whole nother topic in and of itself. But, you know, you guys know me. I don't really care about, you know, whether it's Scandal or Empire or BET Awards or whatever's going on on TV. I feel like, you know, if people want to listen to, Real radio that matters. They're going to check me out if they want to listen to or watch other things. Then that's perfectly fine. But you know, if they want to do that, check check us out on the archives. But um, now, nah, man, I want to have a good show tonight. Uh, it's been a little while, so I have a lot to get into. And in fact, um, the last time I was live was uh, was our our special on our interview with Dr. Umar Johnson. You know, it's a very uh, you know, it's, it was a long time coming. A lot of people have been asking me texting me, inboxing me, hey, you know, you should have Dr. Umar Johnson on, and don't you know you guys are, you know, the same thing, you say, talk about the same stuff, you got the same views, and I said, well, that's not really how I see it, but, you know, I'm open to, uh, you know, having a conversation with them, and a lot of people tuned in, a lot of people listen live, even more people uh, check this out on the, on the archive, so I appreciate that. It was a very uh, informative interview. I actually um uh learned some things about him that I was uh not aware of. I followed his career um a little bit over the years, but you know, just got getting a chance to sit down and talk with him, I was able to uh you know, hear some things that I was pleasantly surprised about and, and some other things kind of confirmed, you know, where where we where we differ in our views, but definitely a uh, a pretty good interview uh in my opinion. So if you missed it, you know, all shows are archived on iTunes podcast, uh, com, and, uh, you know, check it out. What else is going on out there? Uh, Father's Day was last weekend, and I just want to say shout-out to my wife, shout-out to my kids, shout-out to my father, shout-out to uh, everybody who wished me well, you know, kind words. Um, you know, it's always great. You know, being a father is excellent. You know what I mean? Being a father is a blessing. Children are a blessing. And um, I just want to say thank you for all the happy Father's Day, um, and, and, and also just happy say happy Father's Day to all the great fathers out there. You know, on, here on this show and um, social media, you know, I spend a lot of time talking um, mainly to women. You know, talking about the importance of respecting yourself, respecting your kids, uh, being a great mother, being a great role model. We talk about celebrities who happen to be parents who aren't. Role, you know, positive role models in their kids' lives, and you know, I just want to take a little bit of time out uh, today, and we've done entire 
um, you know, Father's Day specials, you know, in the past. And even though I wasn't able to do it this year, just want to take a little bit of time to say, you know, happy Father's Day to all the great fathers who who make the necessary sacrifices for their kids, um, you know, and that's a lot of people don't realize when you're a great parent, you know, it, it's, it is going to be a sacrifice. It's not going to be easy. You know, um, it, it is going to take dedication. It's going to take away from things that you might rather be doing in that moment. But, um, you know, so, again, shout out to everybody who all the, the men who um, really put themselves out there in the streets, you know, um, working, and whether it's a nine to five, being mentors, um, leaders, role models in the community, um, trying to make a difference, trying to, you know, make an impact in these children's lives, because that's, that's, in my opinion, what's missing from today's society and, and really is, is going to be the key to turning this whole black community around is the, the you know, the emergence and focus on black fathers. You know, you take, and we talk a lot about it, you know, modern-day slavery. You you remove the the father figure, the father, not even a father figure. You remove the father, because that's a whole other topic, but you remove the father from these homes and, you know, replace that with, with nobody or with a not-so-good father figure, then that's going to have a negative effect on, on everything, on the child, on the, the woman in that in the, in the situation. And so we really just got to do a better job of um, – you know the men stepping up, and, and then um, everything else kind of falls in place. You know after that. All right, what else is going on out here in the world? I want to say thank you guys to uh, all the people who wish me wished uh, my daughter uh, well, and you know, and congratulate her on her her ballet recital, her dance recital. She did a little bit of tap, a little bit of you know ballet in there. So uh, you know, we posted the video in there. A lot of likes, a lot of comments, a lot of thumbs up. So I appreciate the. Love that you guys showed her and my whole, you know, my whole family. Um, you know, she's uh, she's definitely going to be a, uh, already has a big personality, but definitely is going to be like in some form of entertainment. We don't know exactly, you know, what direction yet, but she, you know, has a huge personality already at only five years old. Uh, what else, man? You know, and I, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about tonight the uh, the uh, Orlando massacre and my you know and I'll tell you guys something about that real quick before we get into it but I, I purposely waited a little while I mean you know I said a couple of things on social media but you know sometimes I just like to sit back and watch what what's going on you know what I mean I like to let things digest let things marinate a little bit and um you know the media has really been you know taking this thing and and, and doing what they do whether you know with all these tragedies all the shootings and you know, it's just really, you know, it's sad, but it's also very interesting to to watch, you know, how this stuff happens step by step by step. You know, you you got something happen, and then, you know, the media just focuses on it. You get your play-by-play coverage of it. And then, like, you know, literally right after that, you get, you know, the politicians, you know, coming on the microphone, um, denouncing the attacks and, you know, then like immediately after that is their uh, is this political agenda, and it's and then after that then it's the, the the debate, and then it's the actual legislation, and then it's this it's the social media, it's like the back and forth, you know, the 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 riots, not the riots, but the the protest and the, you know, just the whole battle that that stems from, 
these uh these these tragedies and so I want to talk a little bit about it. We want to continue our discussion on media propaganda, on media bias, just the power of the media to influence, you know, uh, what we are passionate about or what we're not passionate about. And so, um, you know, we always want to just continue to to focus on what's really important from a biblical standpoint. If you notice, you know, God has been taken out of this whole conversation about guns and you know, just the, the homosexuality and the you hear this uh, you know hatred and this whole message anti hate and it's not it's not pro God it's it's anti hate which is which is a whole you know topic you know in and of itself. So a little bit later I want to talk a li- you know a little bit more about you know the Orlando shooting. But just uh, before we get into it, man, what what else is going on you know in the world? You know, if everybody's talking about the alligator. And I know it happened a few weeks ago, but I haven't been live to talk about it. So I want to express my thoughts on the alligator, man. The uh, the two year child that was tragically killed. You know, um, you know it's. I don't know, man. I'm not a big Disney person. I'm not, you know, I don't go to Disney World. I don't really even go to the zoo, all like that. But um, you know, we got you know the gorilla. We discussed that a few few weeks ago. Uh, you know, um, being shot to to save the the child. I mean. I mean, it's a tragedy, you know. It's a tragedy. I mean, it's, it's not. It's not really anything else to say uh, from that perspective. I mean, it's sad. It's unfortunate. You know, you you always want to hope things like that never happen. Um, any loss of life is is uh, you know, is any life is valuable, and any loss of life is tragic, especially when you're dealing with a child, especially you know, a child of that age. Um, one of the things that I said online, though. Um, and I, it's funny, um, I was actually, not funny really, but interesting, right after, either right before that happened, I was having a conversation with some relatives from, you know, my family's from down south, and we were all just talking about it, we're like, yeah, you know, it's crazy, because, you know, back during Jim Crow, um, you know, s- slave times, you know, children, I don't know if people realize or even know this, but children were actually fed Black babies were fed to alligators down south, you know, whether it's Florida, you know, down down there, and, um, you know, for sport, for, for entertainment. They would kidnap these children, you know, beat up the parents, you know, rape the rape the mothers, kill the father, you know, throw, feed the, the child, the baby, to, uh, to the alligators for fun, you know, and they'd laugh about it. You know, Ku Klux Klan and, you know, just racist people down there, you know, lynchings. And it's interesting, you know, you would think that, actually I shouldn't say it, you, you know, you wouldn't really think it, um, but because, you know, you know, you understand how the media is structured, but it's unfortunate that even knowing this, I mean, and this is common knowledge, I mean, I don't know if you guys are from down south, you know, I know we got a lot of listeners down south, um, you know, it, you know, ask your, your, your parents, ask your grandparents, maybe you guys know, you know, firsthand, this is real. And the media knows it's real, and the government knows it's real, and, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's CNN, NBC, you would think that, wow, you know, there would be some type of, or you would hope that there would be some type of connection or some type of reference, like, wow, you know, this is, this is you know, another baby lost or killed, you know, by, by an alligator and just, you know, or something, just to, you know, I mean, I guess, it's, you know, we all know what it is, it's, it's wishful thinking, because as you guys know, and I know, and everyone should know that the media doesn't have, you know, an agenda of making things better. 
right? I mean, that's not, you know, that's not what this is. All this race talk, these movies, the TV shows, the, you know, um, just the media coverage, it's not, if you, and if you, you can just look at it and see, it's not at all to improve race relations. It's not to remember and, and, and help with the healing process of, of lynching and, you know, Jim Crow, slavery. It's not for that. It's to glorify this stuff. It's, to, it's for ratings. It's for advertising dollars. And, and, and ultimately, it's to, you know, even the OJ thing, all this, you know, the, the new special, that the, the ESPN special on OJ, the FX series, like just the whole black versus white um, agenda, it's really laying the foundation for the, the the ultimate this race war that's coming. You know, the battle between black versus white, which is ultimately all it is really, is a struggle. You know, for them versus us, is a struggle to to in a plan, an ultimate agenda of removing our focus from not, you know putting it on black versus white and removing it from good versus evil. You know, all this talk of race. You know, is, is clouding and, and ultimately hiding the this this onslaught evil, right? I mean, back in the day, there was at least talk about you know the church. There was at least talk about the, about God. You know, there is that has been virtually erased. You know, all you literally all you see is is you know. Donald Trump and this whole, which we'll talk about him a little bit later. I mean, just that's the focus. Hate, you know, bigotry, racism, discrimination. That's what they want the focus to be. Meanwhile, people are out here getting sacrificed. People are out here being, you know, blaspheming the name of of God. You know, legislation is being passed to, um, you know, just, just to make a mockery of everything that's, that specifically, you know, said in the Bible regarding, you know, certain things, homosexuality and just how we're to treat each other and just how things should be. I mean, it's, it's taking the focus off of off of um, this onslaught of of evil, you know, and it's unfortunate. And so I just, you know, I want people to understand, yes, it's unfortunate that a two-year-old, you know, has been killed, you know, by an alligator. But again, this is stuff that is nothing new. I mean, we, you know, we're in the hood. A lot of you guys are in the hood. I see this stuff every day. People are getting killed every day, you know. And it's not it's not all, you know, white versus black. It's not, you know, racist cops versus, you know, innocent black, you know, kids. It's a lot of it is, is us. And so, we really, just got to keep our eye on the prize. Keep our eyes on what's what's really going on, um, you know, out there. All right. What else is going on in the world, man? We're just talking tonight, man. Like I told you, it's been a little while since I was live, and so um, I just wanted to take a little bit of time tonight, man. You know what I mean? What, speaking of live, what's going on with this Facebook Facebook Live thing? Somebody asked me, you know, are you going to do Facebook Live? I said, you know, we'll see. You know, I, it's funny. It's like every time I think about my, like, all right, I'll do Facebook Live. I'm like, oh, you know, that's not the right time, or, you know. So I'll figure it out. You know, we'll see. I, I, I like it though. I've been watching a lot of you guys's. Shout out to Samantha. I was watching her on Facebook Live, teaching her, her, uh, her, your kids, a, you know, a lesson. And you know, it's just cool stuff, man. It's, you know, it's in the moment. Whatever you're doing, just kind of broadcasting live to your, you know, your followers. Where I like this, so I'm, a, I'm incorporated 
Um, at some point, we'll see. We'll see how it works out, man. Um, what else though? What else is going on in the world, man? I mean, I guess we should talk about. It. I mean, I guess oh, before we talk about uh, Orlando, this uh, this Stanford rape case, and that happened a little while ago, a couple weeks ago, and I, you know, we weren't live, so I didn't get a chance to uh, to kind of express my thoughts on it. I mean, I mean, like I said, some of this stuff I don't have a lot to say, man. You know, I don't have a lot to say about it. I mean, you know, you got a white guy, a white, you know, white privilege in, in full effect. I mean, it's it's amazing that people, what I'll say is, I guess, it's amazing that people are, are, are amazed at this verdict. It's amazing that people are are, are amazed that the, the Freddie Gray, you know, police officers were found not guilty. It's amazing that people are surprised when when white America does what they do, right? I mean, I don't. I'm I'm amazed at that. You know, I mean, this this is it's amazing that this is front page news. Okay, you got a a white kid, a rich white kid, who gets drunk, takes advantage of a you know a, a young woman, you know he and he rapes her. I mean, you know, some guys you know grab him and. Pull him off her and hold him down to the cops come. He goes to trial. You know, his, a, a, a judge that, from what I understand, went to Stanford, you know, found him uh, or only sentenced him to six months in jail. I mean, how how do people think that this stuff works? You know, I mean, no, I'm just curious. And I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it's, it's how it should be. I'm not saying it's right. Obviously, it's wrong. I mean, obviously... Anyone who rapes someone should go to jail for a very long time, if not forever. But I'm just curious, like, how do people think this stuff works? They scratch their backs, each other's backs. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, you, 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 um, you know, fund my campaign with your millions and of dollars, your thousands of dollars, and I'll make sure your kids and your buddies all get off or get you know, pretty pretty lenient sentences or whatever the case may be. That's what happens. So it's not about, you know, arguing it and rioting and protesting it. It's about educating ourselves and educating others on, hey, look, this is what's going on out here. This is the society that we live in. This is the best way for you to navigate through it. And I, I thank God for, for my parents and you know, my loved ones, aunts, uncles, who, who really educated me so that I didn't have to live in a bubble or, you know, in a, in a fantasy world hoping that this, this country was going to one day do right by me and our people as a whole and, and things were, you know, really put in place to, you know, change and make things better for us. No, I, I was brought up knowing what it is. You know, that way I can govern myself accordingly and, and, you know, support myself and my family in the best way that I know know how, but but from a realistic standpoint. You know what I'm saying? Not from a standpoint of, oh, my gosh, you know, he should have been found guilty. Oh, no, no I mean, yeah, he should have been, but I'm not surprised at that. And anyone who, who sits back expecting, you know, them to do right by us, you know, you're living in a fantasy world. You might as well start... Jumping around through the through the grass with Mary Poppins and all that, and you know, sound and music or whatever. I mean, this is that this is you know, this is fantasy stuff. You know, no, nobody is gonna hand us anything. You know, they do what they do. One of the things I said online when we're talking, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, politics later on. 
and um, you know, talk about a little bit about Hillary Clinton and you know Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump. But you know, one thing about that though is, you know, we talk about change. Even Barack Obama. You know, I said online that it's it's you know you can't expect, and it would be very naive to expect the people in the in the system and the structure that benefits from certain things, the people benefiting from the how society is run, it would be ridiculous and naive to think that those people are going to lead the charge for change. I mean, just really think about this stuff, guys. I mean, do people really understand how the world works? Change what? Change what? The people who control this society, the people who control this country are billionaires. The rich are getting richer from a rigged and corrupt, you know, racist, you know, and just, you know, mentality and system. That's how they think. That's how things are. So when you really think about change, who who is going to change a system that has ironically put them in a position of power themselves? I mean, just really let that marinate for a little bit. Just really think about what I'm saying to you. Who is going to lead a change if they're put in place by the very people benefiting from the system that people are talking about them changing? You know what I mean? And so, and it's and it's ridiculous, you know. And people say, "Oh, you know, who are you voting for?" One of the things I want I want to tell people this: you guys have to understand there are ways, there are other ways to change society than through politics. I mean, I know that may seem like a crazy idea or you know ideology, but you know what I mean. The political system, guys, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, is is corrupt. When Donald Trump says it's a rigged system, when Bernie Sanders says it's a rigged system, when anyone with common sense says it's a rigged system, whether it's the Federal Reserve, the White House itself, I mean, you know, it, the political system is already determined. They, it's, a, it's a bunch of guys that have already, that sit back, if you know anything about Bilderberg Group, you know, they go back to these secret meetings and they pretty much plan out how things are going to run and the best way to, you know, present that to the world. And so, you know, and that's where they get their money together. They get their, they put their people in these positions. Okay, you're going to run here. Okay, you're going to be VP. Okay, we're going to put this person to run against you. We're going to, you know, put this person or this scandal in the media to kind of influence, you know, how things are going on. And, and that's just kind of how it goes. I, I mean, that's just what it is. And we, so it's up to us to, you know, the change isn't going to come from a federal or national level. And if you guys really think about the people historically who have changed the system or who have changed society, look at people like, you know, Medgar Evers, you know, Dedan Kimathi, Marcus Garvey, um, you know, Dr. King, Malcolm X. These are people who organized at the grassroots of things. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they didn't try to get into the system and change the system. They they educated and led people around them on the ground level and said, hey, look, this is what's going on. This is how I feel like we should proceed. If you're with me, then follow me. And let's, let's try to make some things happen. That's real change. But you, you don't elect someone into a certain system and who's benefiting from that system and then expect them to try to change that system. That's just, you know, that's ludicrous. 
You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, that, there's that, man. So, um, like I said, I want to a little bit later. I want to talk a little bit more politics, get a little bit deeper with the whole where we stand. If you guys have been following me over the last couple months, I've been uh, discussing the, uh, the the political race, the the, the uh, primaries. You know, we're a little bit more close. We're closer to the finish line. We're approaching the the Republican convention. We're approaching the Democratic convention. Looking looking like uh, you know we got Trump versus versus uh, Hillary, which I pretty much said from day one. If you guys have been following, I said that that that's how that's what it was going to be. And but not just not just that's what it's going to be, but why it's 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 going to be that way. And we can even talk a little bit about it now. You know, it's uh, if you really look at it, guys. You know, and even the Orlando shooting, which I'm going to get into in a, in a little bit. There's an agenda at, at, at work, um, you know, and when you look at, you know, the the good versus evil, when you look at bad versus good, you have Donald Trump, who who the media is is playing to be this racist, um, this bigot, this overall bastard, right? I mean, that's basically what you have here. Now. If you guys watched The Apprentice, if you followed any of you know his career over the years, and we've talked about this over the last several months, but at what point did he become a racist? I'm not I'm not a Donald Trump supporter. I'm not a Republican. I'm not. Oh my gosh, let's you know defend Donald Trump. But someone I what I have done is I've actually followed the debates. I followed him. I followed Hillary. You know, I followed Hillary over the last you know 15 years. And when you look at some of the things that she said, you look at some of the things that she's done, that Bill Clinton have done, I mean, it's they really epitomize racism. You know what I'm saying? And what's happened is the media is, and if you can't, I don't, I'm not, no, this is no disrespect, but if you can't look at the media, if you can't turn on CNN, if you can't turn on NBC and see an obvious and clear and blatant, you know, slant on the way the media is covering Donald Trump versus the way they're covering Hillary Clinton. I mean, the media is supposed to be objective, not subjective. I mean, now you have certain, you know, news shows and certain, um, you know, people who, who are put in positions to give their opinion from a subjective standpoint. Cool. But when, you, when you're reporting the news, there's a, I took a class called Media Ethics. You're supposed to give an unbiased objective perspective on especially when you're dealing with politics. You guys know there are laws that if you that when the media is concerned, you have to give equal and fair time, um, you know, equal amounts of time and coverage to both candidates or whatever candidates are running. Like you have to like if you if Donald Trump goes on the Tonight Show, right? Then Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton has to go on to be able to go on the Tonight Show. If, if you know, Trump is on the Today Show or, or Meet the Press, there has to be the same amount of uh, time for Hillary Clinton. I mean, that, these are laws. I don't know if you guys know that. These are laws, by, you know, put in place by the government to regulate the media. <laughs> go go figure. You know, but that's a whole other time. We've talked about that. The government controls the media. You can't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to give, you know, five hours to Donald Trump and, you know, two hours to Hillary Clinton. No, that's that's illegal, Right? The government regulates that. Now, 
So there's that. So that should tell you a lot right there in and of itself, you know. And so, but if you guys have been following, have you guys noticed that the media is only reporting negatives about Trump and, and only discussing positives about Hillary Clinton? And I'm not saying, I mean, have, first of all, have you noticed that? I mean, like, the, you know, I was just watching the other day, CNN, and they were saying that, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, Hillary Clinton's raised, you know, $43 million, and Donald Trump is only, his campaign is in trouble. He's only raised a million dollars so far. Like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I'm, and, and they even had Donald Trump on. They're like, wait, what are you talking about? He's like, I'm, I'm a billionaire. I've got $10 million. He's already, He said from day one. He's he's self-funding his campaign specifically because he doesn't want to accept the money from these billionaire corporations so that he'll end up being controlled. He he said that Bernie Sanders is doing the same thing. But look, but so why? I mean, just think about that. If he said from day one that he's going to self-fund his campaign, he's not going to take all this money from these corporations and these donations. You know what I mean? Like, why is the media? Like every two days, every three days, coming up with more and more stories about him. They're talking about things from 20 years ago. I mean, it's amazing. I just watch this stuff. And now, and I'm not saying that some of this stuff is invalid. I'm not saying that he hasn't said some, some crazy things. But what I'm saying is, if you want to go back to 20 years, let's talk about how Hillary Clinton talk, said that black people are like dogs that need to be brought to heel. You know, when discussing uh, blacks, you know, on crime and, you know, she was talking about how we uh, refer to us as super predators. You know what I mean? I mean, just stuff like that, that it's the same way they're going into Trump's past. There's so many laws and, 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 and bills and, and things that she, and, you know, interviews and different things that both she and Bill have said and done that, could, that are at least worthy of a, a conversation. Right, I mean, forget, you know, the whole media slant. I mean, fine, you don't want to slander her or whatever like you're doing Trump. Fine, but at least let's give us the opportunity to at least know about this stuff. I've never heard, you know, her any clips of her calling black super predators or being brought to heel like we're dogs. You know what I mean? And forget, and a lot of people say, well, you know, that's not the context that she was. Well, first of all, it is. That is the context in which she meant it. But aside from that, you know. Why are we not even hearing that discussed? Why is that not even being brought up? Why is the fact that she idolizes Margaret Sanger, who who said that blacks are like weeds who need to be exterminated? Why is is, is this is you know someone she looked up to and respected and, and and you know idolized? Why is that not even? I don't know. I mean, how do you idolize a racist without being a racist yourself? I'm not sure that that's even possible. So, and again, I'm not, like I said, this isn't a, a, a Trump versus Hillary thing. This is a media bias thing, okay? And I really want, and this, again, this has been an ongoing theme for us over the last several months, is just to look at the world, not from what's being spoon-fed to us, but look at it from the perspective of, like, wow, there's an agenda here, you know? And let's look at what, you know, what that agenda is. You know, what else is going on out here, man? Uh, I said that, um, well, let's talk, let's talk about this Orlando thing, man. Let's, let's, you know, a lot of people, I mean, rest in peace. Let me just say that. Rest in peace to the victims, all right? Let's look at let's look at the, um, the families. You know, forget, you know, black versus white. Forget, 
gay versus straight, you know, lives were lost. And I've said from day one, you know, all lives are important. All lives have value. All lives are are important to God. You know what I mean? This whole I'm not into the whole black lives matter, white lives matter, Latino, you know, Mexican lives. I mean, forget all that. Forget all that, man. We everybody's important. You know, and the, the irony, the, here's the thing. The irony is that, you know, you look at some of our greatest leaders. You look at some of our greatest leaders. You look at Malcolm X, you know, after his trip to Mecca, he came back. He wasn't talking that whole black power thing. He wasn't talking, you know, black lives matter. Martin Luther King never embraced this whole black this, black that. It was you know, we it was from a, a godly biblical standpoint. Even Malcolm X, being a Muslim, he was still saying, "Hey, look, in, in the eyes of Allah, we are all brothers and sisters." You know, he was able to go and pray with, you know, people of all races and all nationalities and backgrounds, and you know, and and that's what we need to get back to. You know, forget this Black Lives Matter, forget this white, you know, white power, you know, black versus. That's what they want. That's what they want us to be on. Don't y'all see it? They're they're inciting a race war, right? I mean, that's what's happening. They're inciting a race war, and, and that's the foundation for this anti-gun legislation. But, you know, like I said, I'll talk about that in a minute. But that's what's coming, and they're going to use race as the backdrop for martial law, for for concentration camps, for enslavement. Y'all think this stuff is a joke, man. It's getting to a point. Listen, listen. Y'all don't even understand. I haven't even said nothing about it. Y'all don't even understand that, you know, it's getting to a point where you say in this, there's going to be anti-hate legislation passed. It's not here yet. They're focused on the gun piece of it. But this whole Orlando thing it has laid the foundation for, you know, it's all, every guy's got to look at the Bible. Everything is moving us forward to the book of Revelations. And if you look at the book of Revelations and how things are, it's going to be one one world, one one monetary system, one religion. You're not going to be able to say anything that goes outside of that. You know what I'm saying? You say anything that could even be remotely uh, classified as hatred, forget the fact that it's biblical. Forget the fact that it's what God wants. If you say anything that contradicts, you know, what society says, what the government says is okay, there's going to be fines imposed, there's going to be, you know, jails, there's going to be public outlash, you know. That's why you don't see any of these celebrities speaking out from a biblical standpoint. That's why you don't see any anybody saying, wow, you know, well, yeah, this whole thing about homosexuality is this, but this is what the Bible says about homosexuality. You're not going to see that. And 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 they're just as soon it's not it's not even official yet, but soon it's going to be official to the point where if you say anything, you you know you might go to jail. So I'm just keeping it real with y'all, man. And and the Orlando shootings is just because nothing like this has happened before. If you notice, yeah, there have been shootings, but there's never been a mass shooting that has specifically opened the door for anti-hate and pro-gay. You know, the public outcry, you know, towards almost really loving and, and empathizing with the struggle and the plight of homosexuals and of gays is, you know, it's 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 unprecedented. 
you know, and so I'm not I'm not going to go ahead and say that this, you know, this was orchestrated or this was planned. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But what I will say is one way or the, another, the government, the media is absolutely capitalizing off of the Orlando tragedy to push the, the America's gay agenda. A couple of nights ago, we weren't live, I rebroadcasted my special on Happy America's Gay Agenda. All time classic show. And if you if you listen listen, if you listen to that show from at least two or three years ago, you'll it'll make a lot more sense now. Cause that and that show, everything that's happening now from a media standpoint was predicted. Just listen to it. And you'll see you'll be like, Oh, whoa, whoa. Wow, that's crazy. It wasn't like well how it is now, it wasn't like that. Even when this it was bad then. But it wasn't nearly as bad as it is now. And I just encourage everybody to not get swept up into this media frenzy of empathizing with something that God hates. This is one of the things that I said online as far as the Orlando uh, massacre was is concerned. I said that it's very unfortunate what happened to the victims of the Orlando shooting. I said, however, just because someone speaks publicly against the sin of homosexuality, it doesn't make them, quote-unquote, homophobic. I said, in fact, I've never met anyone who was afraid of homosexuals. I mean, can I just talk about that for a quick second? I mean, you, I mean, seriously, think about it. Do you really know, like all the people that you know, everyone listening in right now, think about your family, your friends, you know, coworkers, anyone you know, social media friends, do you have you ever really heard anyone express a fear of homosexuals? I haven't. You know, I haven't. You know what I mean? I, I I've never. You know, I, I've met people who strongly disagree with their lifestyle. I've met people who even hate people because of their lifestyle, which is not biblical. I, and then I've heard people really just speak out from a, a, a godly standpoint, you know, but I've never really heard anyone talk about their fear for of homosexuals. And so be careful, you know, when you hear people referring, because that's what it's going to be, guys. That's what, I mean, that's what it is, and that's what it's going to continue to be, is, is the media and, 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 you know, people classifying you as a bigot, classifying you as homophobic. I don't know if you guys know, but phobia, a phobia is a fear. That's the definition of a phobia. So you say homo, phobic, you're saying someone is, is fearful of people who practice homosexuality. You know? Yet what do you do when you when you want to egg somebody on into a fight? You ever see bullies? You know, bullies operate off of fear. They take your lunch money, they make fun of you in class, they try to make you afraid of them. Or or watch this. When someone wants to fight you, you say, Oh, what you scared? What you say, hit me, hit me. What you scared to hit me? You know what that is, right? They're trying to make you, they're egging you on because no one wants to be classified as being scared. You don't want to be classified or labeled as a punk. You know, so that's actually an insult. When somebody says you're homophobic, they're they're egging you on to to accept it. That that's the way that they want you to accept it. They say, oh, well, you you don't accept it, so you're afraid of of them. Say, no, I ain't afraid. 
I support them. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that reverse psychology, and people fall right for it. You know, I don't want to be labeled homophobic, so let me, let me, uh, it's gay pride month, LGBT, you know, month or whatever. Let me change my profile to, to the rainbow because I don't want people to say I'm afraid of homosexuals. So I'll show people I'm not afraid by actually supporting it. Like, no, you don't have, listen, guys, you don't have to be afraid of something to not support it. I said online, that's what I said. I said that the reality is that we need to get back to being godophobic and having a genuine fear of condemnation to hell. We live in a society where because of the current administration, sooner rather than later, negatively uh, speaking negatively about gays in any manner will be a crime punishable by fine or imprisonment. I said that I'm all for respect and tolerance, but never allow the media to cause you to lose sight of what's not okay in God's eyes, right? I mean, you, you really can't do that, you know? I mean, you, 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 I mean, that's what's happening. No one is talking about the Bible. I mean, as many Christianity is the largest religion in the world, you know, even closely followed by Islam as number two, if it hasn't overtaken it. But either one of the two biggest religions around the world, neither one of them, in fact, I don't know a religion that, um, says it's okay for a man to lay with a man, a woman to lay with a woman. Even you look at these countries, you know, Africa, they don't support that crap. Obama tried to take that over to uh, over to Kenya. You know, they, they shut him down. You know what I'm saying? His hometown of Kenya, they said, no, nah, don't bring that over here. So we don't support that. So it's really a Western, you know, mentality of this whole accepting and this whole homosexual push. You know what I'm saying? But the media wants you to think that it's everywhere. Let the media tell it. It's like the whole world is accepting. If you don't jump on, on this bandwagon of supporting gays, then you, you're left out in the cold. But it's not everyone. It's just, it's, it's here. You know what I mean? It's the United States. It's, and, and not only is it the United States, it's, it's over the last eight years. I don't, realize, I don't know if people, you know, were living under a rock or, or what, but this is all very new. This is I came across something I posted a few years ago, and I think he said something like Obama was saying something like when he first got. I'll just see if I can repost it. But uh, he said when he first got in the office, uh, gay marriage was only accepted by two states. Now it's like you know I think he was saying it's like accepted by like at that point like forty, forty four states or whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? He's and this is something he's proud of as a as a quote unquote Christian, <laughs> proud to, to have you know really pushed and expanded what's ultimately a, a satanic agenda. You know, because I mean, because it ain't God. You know, it ain't God's agenda, right? I mean, it's not. God doesn't want gay marriage and to be spread. I mean, so if it's not God, then what is it? So, but but you know, you look at. A lot of people don't look at, whoa, you know, Barack Obama's pushing a satanic agenda. You know, a lot of people don't like to look at it that way because he's Barack Obama, and, you know, he's, but guess what? That's why, that's why, or one of the reasons why he's here, why he's been put in office. We think about it. Whether, could, could George Bush, could, could Mitt Romney, could John McCain as president have had the, the you know, garnered the, the nationwide <clears throat> 
support for homosexuality, even in the church? I doubt it. I mean, you guys know it. I mean, you got you got pastors, you know, jumping on this homo, you know, homophobic train, and oh, let's you know they're calling it tolerance now. That's the new uh, buzzword catchphrase. You know, tolerance. You know, you got to tolerate this stuff. No, I don't have to. But who else? What I think about it, really? What other president could have got the black community on board with something that God obviously has expressed that He hates? Other than the first black president, bottom line is no one. Okay, just <laughs> no one could have done that other than him, and that's why he's putting it. No need to play around with it. That's that's what it is. All right. And if you look at this, you know, you go so you look at the Orlando shooting. Let's look at what's happened. And it's amazing. It's the, they, they got the trifecta. This this is and like I said, I don't I don't know. And somebody said, well, how do you know this? And, and I said, I don't know. Now, whether we're talking about the Illuminati, whatever you want to call them, Freemasonry, you know, blood sacrifices, initiations. I mean, we know all this stuff goes on. I mean, at least you should know. I mean, at least you're living under a rock. I mean, this stuff is going on since biblical times. But as far as knowing, you know, how the, the, the logistics, the specifics, you know, nobody knows that. I don't know that. I mean, you know, it's a secret or we're talking about secret organizations. You know, century old organizations with, with rituals that date back, you know, hundreds of years. So no one knows the specifics of it, but you have to know that this is the type of stuff that's going on. Right? So I just want people to understand that. I don't have all the answers. But what I can do is look at what the end result is. One of the end results, you got the Orlando shooting, so you got the pushing, uh, obviously, of the, the, you know, this gay agenda, the, the empathy and the sympathy for, you know, for gays, you know, that's what it is, is pray for Orlando, people are saying pray for Orlando, but the reality is, you know, it's, it's pray for tolerance, and I've even seen that, pray for tolerance, pray for acceptance of the gay lifestyle, that's the, re- that's one of the major results of the Orlando shooting, right? Now, that's the that's obviously, you know, if you don't know that there's a gay agenda in this country, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. So there's that agenda that's being pushed. Uh, then, obviously, we have the whole gun, the gun legislation. You know, with any of these mass shootings, there's always going to be a conversation of, you know, we got to get these guns out of the hands of these of these criminals, or these, or excuse me, it's not even the criminals. It's these mentally unstable people, right? And that's that's really what goes on. Can I just talk about that for a minute? And I said this online. I don't have it verbatim, but one of the things that I said online about gun gun reform is you have to understand, guys, that gun legislation is not at all designed by the government. To protect us Okay I mean you really got to understand that The government doesn't give a damn About his Its people And certainly not You know lower, The lower and middle class people The government There is no government The government is, is really run And controlled by a very Select few Very very powerful individuals who influence the government, who feed and filter money into the government to do their bidding, 
Look at the Federal Reserve and how it's structured. You understand that? Rand Paul said, hey, look, we need to, we need to do a, an audit of the IRS. You know what I'm saying? The Federal Reserve. We need to see all this money. We need to start looking at like who's, who's calling the shots. You know what I'm saying? Where's this money coming from? Where's it going? Barack Obama, you know, he, he shot that idea down and said, nah, we don't need to. There hasn't been an audit of the Federal Reserve in, in, in who knows how long. Why would they not? They audit everything else. Why would they not audit where the you know where the money's coming from? Why? Because it's being controlled by the most powerful people in the world. You know what I'm saying? Look, Google. If you don't know know what I'm talking about, Google Barack Obama response to a call for an auditing of the Federal Reserve, and you and you and you'll see, you know how. No, there will be no president who will ever allow that to happen. Why? Because I don't, you know, I don't think I, you need me to tell you why. You know what I'm saying? It's just not the agenda. That's not what they want. You know, you don't want people snooping around your bank statements when you got some 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 funny stuff going on. Same thing going on here. So, so you got so so there's that. So the gun reform. It's not for the government, like I said, the government doesn't care about us, right? That was evident with Katrina, been evident through, I mean, it should be evident with everything. You should just know that. The government is not for us. The government is for the powerful people, right? Now, the, but what's happening is, and this is where you have to look at what's coming, the control of the people by the government, martial law. You know, there's already been secret legislation passed. If you guys have been researching this stuff, you know, when you look at these riots, when you look at Ferguson, Baltimore, different riots and things like that, there's been unprecedented legislation passed that prevents certain things, you know, institution of martial law and, and, um, you know, all types of stuff. And it's it's just the beginning of, from a legal standpoint, how they're going to be able to control the people. You can't control an entire race of people, a nation, right, With without, if they're still armed, if they have the ability to have the same guns and the same ammunition as as the people, as the government. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, I mean, you guys, hopefully you guys understand that, what, you know, what's coming. There's going to come a time when, you know, you're not allowed to even own, forget buy guns. People are talking about buying guns. It's not even going to be about buying guns. You're not even going to be allowed to have guns. You're going to have to register your guns. You know, the M, you're not going to be able to buy M, certain types of ammunition. Why? Because <laughs> they don't want us to have it. I mean, they don't, you know what I mean? I know what's under my mattress. I ha- see, the funniest thing about this whole thing, the government, watch this, the media wants you to believe that people should not be able to own semi-automatic rifles and, and high-caliber, you know, weapons, right? Because why? I don't know. Our Second Amendment says that we're allowed to defend ourselves. Watch this. Def- <laughs> you guys, this is going to blow your mind. The Second Amendment, guys, was actually put in place so that the people could actually have the have the right to protect themselves, not against each other, but against the government. You know that, right? That's what they had in mind when when they when, they, when the Second Amendment was drawn up. 
if the government ever decided, hey, look, we want to enslave you guys, hey, look, we want to do some things outside of the Constitution, some things that are un- illegal, not cool, you know, the, the people have a right to take up arms and defend themselves. That's what it was for. So what, the, what, what Obama and the rest of the government wants to do is they're ha- you know, and they take the opportunity with each of these shootings to, you know, to take slowly but surely take away that Second Amendment right to protect themselves. But you can't take away something without giving them a reason. It's like if I want, you know, I want to take away my my son may pick up my son is one in the head. He may pick up a knife. I'm eating my dinner. He may pick up my my knife. I say no. T- I take it from him. He cries. I say you know William, you can't have that. That can hurt you. So that's the reason why I'm. Ta- I can't just take something. I mean, I can, but you know what I mean? I, there has to be a reason. Why you don't just, you know, I'm not a bastard. I'm taking it for a reason. That's the re- the reason they want to take it, or they're telling us they want to take it, is because we got to get these guns out of the hands of the mentally unstable. Look at all these mass shootings. So the guns must be the problem. The gu- Taking away the guns will stop the problem of the mass shootings. That is idiotic. They really, I mean, it's, I mean just sitting, it's, it's idiotic, guys. It makes no sense. You guys, I mean, illegal guns are bought and sold every single day. T.I., when he got arrested, he got, he got found with military-style rifles, automatic weapons. We're not even to, I know, it's drug dealers. Somebody shot up a strip club here in Philly a few years ago with a freaking automatic rifle. Listen to what I'm saying, an automatic rifle, not a semi-automatic rifle. You guys don't know, you know, a lot of women may not know about guns or whatever like that, um, or fellas, I don't know, if you're not into guns. But automatic is, you know, you just hold the trigger down and let it go. That's an automatic. That though There are tons and, you know, countless thousands of automatic weapons on the street. You know what I'm saying? All you got to do is just shoot, hold the freaking trigger and just shoot. These are illegal. You can't even buy automatic weapons. now. they're illegal. So now they're not even talking about those are the real problems. All these murders, all these mass shootings, you know, in the hood and different places, they're done with automatic illegal weapons with the with the serial numbers scratched off of them. That's not even legislation. Right? You, they they're not even they, they're not even talking about that. If you guys notice that when's the last think about it, really Google, watch the news. Listen, when is the last time you heard anyone even mention illegal automatic weapons that are being used to kill thousands of people in this country a year? You don't. You don't hear it. I don't hear it. You don't hear it because it's not being talked about. That's the real problem, automatic weapons, rifles, illegal weapons. Those are the real problems. But what they want to do is take away the rights of law-abiding citizens to defend themselves against the government. I have semi-automatic weapons. Because why? Because I'm crazy? Because I'm a psycho? Because I want to go commit a mass shooting? No. Absolutely not. But because it's my right to own guns. I like to go to the fire range with my friends. I like to, you know, collect them. I like to shoot them. I like to... Show them off. It's you know that's just one of the things that I like to do. So why should I not be able to buy something that's buy it legally? You know what I mean. Now 
I'm all for the legislation that says, hey, look, let's because it's very easy. Now, granted, I I will say it's very easy to buy guns in this country. I you know recently bought a gun. I go to the store. They do a little five minute background check. They call, pick up the phone, call a number, fill out the application. Is okay? You're approved. All right, what gun you want? Like five minutes. Don't let you go to a gun show. You can go to a gun show and buy a gun in you know twenty seconds. I don't even know if there is a background check at the gun shows. You know what I'm saying? And so it's very easy. So I'm all for changing the process a little bit, but they that's not what they – that's just like the cover. They don't want to just change the legislation to make it easier. That's where it's starting. That's just the starting point. The end goal is to make it illegal to buy certain – I mean, you know, I'm, I promise you. You guys know how I predict things. You guys know how everything I say ends up happening over the next couple of years or so. Trust and believe. There's going to be legislation passed where you can't even buy semi-automatic rifles. You're not, there's going to be a, lim, a, 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 a restriction on the type of ammunition you can buy. And it's going to get to a point where you're, you're just allowed to have hand. First of all, it's really going to get to a point where there's just no guns. Because if you look at France, I believe, in different countries... There's just no guns. <laughs> that's that's really what's coming. They're going to take the guns out of the hands of people. They're going to do a registry, and they're going to come confiscate the guns. Just like I mean, that's how other countries already are. You know, so that's the, what's that's the end goal. All this other stuff is just posturing to get to that point. That's just what it is. And it all how do you how do you? I mean, just like uh, the United States needed a reason. To go to war with with uh this war on terrorism, right? And I'm you know doing the quotation marks. There's a war. What started the war on terrorism? Well, it was 9/11. And I don't know how you know how much research people have really done, independent research, but I've learned so much about 9/11. You know, it's just amazing that people don't even they, they don't talk about it. They don't talk about the financial stuff, you know, the pe- people who actually benefited financially, people who, you know, I mean, so much. It's just too much. It's so much. And I just say really research the facts and the, and the specifics of 9-11, um, you know, and, and then you'll start to see, like, okay, you know, it, it, it you kill, just like this is the trifecta, you got your homosexual gay agenda, you got your gun reform, you got the whole anti-hate, you know, the whole, they're using Donald Trump to tie in the whole hatred theme. Well, the same thing with 9-11, you know, you got, you, you killed like three or four birds with one stone. You know, you got a chance to invade other countries who weren't going along with the agenda. You know what I'm saying? You, you got a chance to, um, you know, pass certain uh, uh, legislation where you're able to spy on, you know, American citizens legally. I mean, it's just so much stuff, and I don't want to talk too much, you know, specifics about policy and things like that. But it's just important for people to understand that when you have these shootings, when you have these tragedies, they open up the door for so many different things. Okay, they're not coincidences. You can't have any significant legislation. You know, what I mean, passed without you know, public opinion. You can't. And well, how? And, we, and we've talked about this. So how do you get the people on board with the legislation? Well, there has to be some type of tragedy. 
How do you pass legislation that says you can't say anything negative about homosexuals? Well, you know, a gay nightclub gets shot up. Now everybody's sympathetic to the homosexuals. So that, that's how you get the anti I promise you, the anti-hatred bill is coming. You know what I mean? The anti-hatred bill is coming. You, I hope you, you see it. The bill is coming to the point where you can't say anything, and that's going to tie the hands of these churches. It's going to tie the hands of these pastors. You know, it's going to. I've I've already tried to post stuff on Facebook. They're already censoring you. You guys know I'm very outspoken on social media. I've tried to post things about homosexuality. I've tried to post things about gay. You know what God, the Bible, and what God says about homosexuality. I get a message and I post it for you. I've copied it. I've screenshot it for you guys. You see it. You you can't even post stuff. You can't even post stuff from a biblical standpoint. They're already censoring it. There are certain keywords that they're already that they already filter. If you say certain things in a certain context, it says, "Sorry, you have violated Facebook's, you know, code of, of you know whatever morality code, and you know try saying something else that's less hateful." So, yo, it's crazy. <laughs> Y'all think I'm making this? I've posted the actual screenshots. I've tried to express my thoughts. The same stuff I'm saying now, I could not say on social media because you get a little error message. So I mean, it's crazy. Now, can we let's let's do this? So there's that, man. So you got the anti-hatred bill that is coming. You already got the gun legislation that's coming. You, the homosexual agenda has already been pushed. But let's talk about Donald Trump for a little bit. So look at look at what this whole anti-Trump thing is. You know, like he's this quote unquote racist, he's a bigot, he he's pushing this message of hatred. They're using him on so many levels. Donald Trump and I'm just and again, I'm not a Donald Trump I mean he's I'm not like defending this guy. But what y'all have to do is y'all really have to use your minds. Donald Trump has not said anything hateful. Okay, and I'm an intelligent person. I'm I'm keeping it real with y'all. Like, I've listened to just about every speech. There's nothing hateful that's that's been said. The media is taking this stuff and twisting it. It's amazing. They're twisting it to make it to push this anti-hatred agenda. And what better way to do that? What better person to use than Donald Trump to push that agenda? Anti, I promise you, I promise you that anti-hatred bill is coming. And that will be the, that's the end goal. Don't fall for their trap. Some, I, I heard somebody say, well, you know, what, what, you know what, what has he said that's so hateful? He said, well, he hates Muslims. Donald Trump hasn't said he hates Muslims. And I'm not, and I'm, again, I'm not, I'm just saying I want people to open their eyes and really watch. Show me the interview where he said he hates Muslims. Show me the interview where he said he hates Mexicans. It it's not it doesn't exist. As far as Muslims are concerned, he said, "Look, there's a problem." And I even saw the actual quote. They 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 altered the quote. I saw exactly what he said. I heard with my mind. He said, "Look, they said Donald Trump, hi, what is what is your plan for fighting terrorism as far as uh Muslims around the world are concerned, Muslims entering this country?" He said, "Look." He said, "My plan is as far as Muslims, he said. He said, "You want to ban Muslims?" He said, "Hey, look." He said, "Something has to be done." He said, "They're coming over here. 
and there, a lot of them want to do us harm. So what we have to do is we have to ban Muslims from coming into this country specifically from areas. This is what the media cuts out. Specifically from areas where there's a, a, a high level, a well-documented level of terrorism. Now, do I even agree with that? No, I don't. But that's not hateful. Right? That's just hit that that's his plan. That's how he is choosing to to combat the you know, Islamic radical Islamic terrorism. You know, like I said, we don't have to. That's where the election comes in or is supposed to come in, right? But that's not hateful. That's just a plan that you may or may not agree with. But the media wants to say, oh, he, because that's his plan, then he hates Muslims. He's never said he hates Muslims. Just like he, he said, look, I want to build a wall. And I'm so sick, uh, you know, like I said, I'm so sick of hearing people say, like, yo, he wants to build a wall. And I say, well, okay. Like, what, like what's wrong with that? And, I'm not, and I just want to have an intelligent conversation because, like, the media, the mainstream media, they're so focused on you know, pushing their agenda of this anti-hatred. I mean, but really use your minds. We're talking about, and he's talking about, a lot of people don't even, they, they become so, the, the media has become so convoluted and you don't even know what's going on. But now it's like, in the beginning, it's like you could actually listen and try to figure out like, okay, what are you saying? Now it's just, they've took it and run with it. It's just, oh, he's just a racist. He just wants to do all, he wants to ban the Muslims. He wants to build a wall. But if you really break it down from an intelligent standpoint, ask yourself, okay, there's a serious problem with, with immigration in this country, illegal immigration in this country. They're coming over here. Illegal immigrants are coming here. They're coming. Illegal immigrants are coming. That's not cool. They're sneaking in. So, and this is something that all politicians will acknowledge. Barack Obama, I mean, who has is, who is actually deported more illegal immigrants than any president in the history of the United States. So he's well aware of the problem specifically uh, with Mexico. So that's not an issue. So, the, the, you know, focusing on illegal immigration from Mexico is not a problem. That's what all politicians should be discussing. The question is how to do it. Donald Trump's plan is, hey, look, I want to build a wall, not have these little flimsy gates, not have a few guards that, you know, are you think people where, it's a, where people are able to sneak in, you know. Go try to sneak into North Korea and see how well that works for you. You know what I mean? Go try to sneak in. You know, you, you can't, you're not going to sneak into North Korea. You're not going to sneak in to half these countries. We have one of the, not probably not one of the, but the, you know, weakest border control system in the entire world. You guys know that, right? That's not, I mean, these are facts. Our, our border control system is is horrible. Okay? It's It's horrible. The only people you hear even discussing it are Republicans. Democrats evidently are okay with it being the weakest in the entire world. So Donald Trump is basically in a nutshell saying, hey, look, I want to build a wall so that there is no you know, funny business going on with the borders. It's just this is a wall there. Now the whole thing, okay, I'm going to make them pay for it. I mean, I don't, you know, we can talk about the logistics of that. You know, who's going to pay for it? You know, where is that money going to come from? That's where the, let's have a debate about that. But to say that we don't need a wall, to say that we don't need some form of, you know, secure borders, 
is, is crazy. I mean, is, is that hateful? To say that we need to secure our borders, is that, is that racist? Is that, does that mean he hates Mexicans? Do I hate Mexicans? Because I'm saying I, I agree with the fact that we should have a wall. Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you guys ever heard of the Great Wall of China? Like, I don't. Now, again, Donald Trump has said some things, and the media has ran with it. And, and he said some things that, that the media has not run with, that just have not been cool. I'm not defending Donald Trump, but I'm saying don't allow the media to, to, to take your mind off of common sense logic. You know what I mean? If it wasn't for Donald Trump, we wouldn't, no one would even be talking about illegal immigration. We've gone the last eight years, and Barack Obama hasn't done a damn thing to, to shore up these borders. Everyone's talking about what Donald Trump wants to do. Let's talk about what this current administration has not done. That's amazing to me. People think, I mean, think about it. People are more focused on what Trump wants to do with the border than what our own president has failed to do with the border or lack thereof. There is no border. That's why we have illegal immigrants. You don't see people sneaking into England and France. How do people? I mean, how do you sneak into a country? We're supposed to be one of the most powerful countries in the whole world, one of the richest and most powerful countries. How how are people just sneaking in to the country? Right, y'all, I'm, I'm, you see what I'm saying, though, right, guys? So it's crazy. So again, the Orlando back to the Orlando shootings. This is all designed, you paint, you know, you, you're using this to paint this anti-hatred, you know, theme. That way they can do whatever they want to do. And, they're, and, and not to mention they're going to use him to hand Hillary the election. Because one of the you got to realize is Hillary needs a lot of help. She couldn't beat, beat Barack Obama. She's barely beating Trump. You know what I mean? I think the CNN poll, as of this week, as of what last week, she they were virtually tied. Listen to this. I mean, this is they were virtually tied prior to this week. Out of all this anti-Trump, all this hatred, they were virtually tied. This week, I think they said he had, she has like a five-point lead at this point. So Hillary is very disliked, okay? And it's amazing how people. You know they they you know are how our people are voting for I don't even understand that I, you know how do you idolize a racist and still get black people to vote I don't you know I don't get that man well I mean I do get it because the media doesn't even tell you that they don't focus on it there's so, listen to what I'm saying to you just the way the media is is making everyone focus on Donald Trump being this racist trust and believe Hillary has you know I mean countless sound bites. Countless policies, countless things that could be used if the media chose to paint her as the racist that she is, if that was their agenda. Please understand that. But that's not their agenda. Why? Because she is being funded by the mainstream media. One of the most, uh, the most fascinating things that I've ever heard anyone say, they were talking about super PACs, and it was what said by Marco Rubio. You know, and he was talking about Hillary Clinton. He said, you know, shoot, he said, look, we can never compete. He said, Hillary's got the biggest super PAC that there is. He said, it's called the mainstream media. And it was just like, wow. I mean, how true of a statement was that? You know what I mean? The Democratic Party has 
the ultimate super PAC, which is the mainstream media, who's just pushing, you know, giving her this push. So that's why she's, um, you know, that's that's why everything is happening the way it is, so they can give her the presidency. And you look, I mean, again, guys, you look at what's, what the result is going to be, and it's amazing. I don't understand how people can, in good faith and good conscience, vote for her or or that party. Because if you, I mean, from a Christian standpoint, you know, it's going to be, and we're going to see an unprecedented level of of you know, LGBT pride and the transgender. We already got the the bathrooms being open. That you can go and you know be a man, go in the woman's bathroom, whatever. You know, it's that whole thing. That's all. It's only going to get worse. You know, with Hillary there, the 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 blasphemy. The you know, you look at these celebrities that she has. You know, the Beyonce, the Kanye West, the Rihannas, and then you look at what they represent and how they support her and how she just takes their money and takes their support and runs with it. But then you look at like, whoa, as Christians, how do we even support them? And then you're like, wow, you know, she's they're supporting her. And it's, it's really unfortunate. You know, it's just going to get worse. You know, y'all think this gay agenda has gotten bad over the last eight years? Imagine, you know, another eight years. Let me just ask y'all a quick question, just kind of switching gears a little bit. So, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I don't know the specifics. I wasn't there. Um, I don't know exactly what, you know, how everything went down. But I do, I do follow this stuff, just like with the Boston bombing, just like with all this stuff. I watch CNN. I just, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm flipping the MSNBC. I'm, I'm following it. Now, my wife, and she's not even into all that stuff. She kind of stays out of it. But we're watching it together as it's happening. And and like the the next day, they were um they were they were the 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 death toll. They were like, wow, you know, twenty one people, you know, murdered. Twenty one people, twenty two people were murdered. And this was like the next day. This wasn't like it was the night, but then it was like the next day. And again, if you guys watched it, it was like twenty one, twenty people. Wow, twenty three people lost their lives. Right. <laughs> but, but then the but then I wake up the next day, and it's like at at forty nine and at first there was like fifty one people, fifty one people dead. Fifty one people. How you how you go from twenty twenty one twenty two people dead to to fifty dead? I mean I'm just asking. I'm not like I said I don't have the answers, but really I'm just asking a question. If you have a a, a shooting. Okay, a mass shooting. You know, this is a major thing. So you have someone, I mean, think about this, because the whole thing just seems really, I'm, I'm not into the whole, people say, oh, this is a conspiracy. Thing. No, I'm just, I'm just talking right now. Just asking people to think about this from a, for, from a logical standpoint. So you have a club with thousands of people in it. Let's just say a thousand. So one person walks in. Again, we're not talking automatic weapons. Where you can just spray people down. We're not talking about just spraying people. You got to physically. And I, I go to the range. Like, I shoot. You know what I mean? You're, you're shooting. You're, you're, your finger, it, it does get tired. These guns are not, the triggers are not light on these things. You know, bop, 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 bop. So you're just shooting. People are running for cover. 
thousands of people. One person with with you know, so the gun, you know, ammunition, you know, you, you use all the ammunition. You got to reload. Drop the clip out. Put another clip in. Bop 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 bop. I don't know. I'm just asking. Like, what would you guys do? Nobody tackled this guy. Nobody. They didn't rush this guy. One guy. You know, because the media says it's one guy walking in and just shooting at thousands of people. And nobody was able to subdue this person. And it was just a standoff. You know, and he's just going around looking for people to shoot. People are hiding. He's just... And then ultimately the cops, where they say, they bust the door down and then they were able to enter into a firefight with him and and, and kill him. Does, I mean, just does that make sense to you guys? Does that, does that not sit right with anybody? One person in a, surrounded by thousands of people, a crowded club, just shooting people, not automatic we, uh, weapons, just... I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I'm a gun enthusiast. I've spoken to other gun enthusiasts. It's That doesn't make sense, guys. It doesn't. And like, like I said, I don't know. Exa- I'm not going to claim to know what happened. I'm not going to say, oh, no, that didn't happen. This is what I don't. I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. But what I'm saying is the, the, the explanation that was given by the media, by, you know, the police, the quote-unquote police, I don't, that just that doesn't make sense, guys. Even on the on nine eleven, these guys, you know, on the uh, you know the the hijackers, they you know, they rushed this guy, they rushed him, you know. But the dude, uh, uh, Christina Grimmy, rest in peace, the other Orlando uh, victim. Somebody walked up, they shot her. Her brother tackled him. You know, what I'm I don't know. Nobody could tackle Omar Mateen, who just happens to be gay. Now now he's gay too. You know what I mean? Not only is he a mass murderer, but he was but he was a, a so there's he was on the DL, right? And hated gays. <laughs> I, guys, come on guys. Does, does that does that seem just a little bit coincidental? Why I mean seriously, I'm, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. And because I know how the media operates, it's not hard at all for the government, for the officials who are leading the investigation to filter. The media just reports what's, what's given to them by the, by the authorities. If the authorities say, hey, look, we uncovered, oh, he, by the way, he was gay. Oh, by the way, here's his wife. Oh, yeah, he, he had a gay lover here. Now, now we're talking Access Hollywood. Now we're talking Inside Edition, Current Affairs. This is all, you know what I mean? We're talking about tabloid stuff now at this point. Come on. And how do you how do you drum up public support? You know, how do you get this legislation pushed through? Oh, yeah, he just happened to be gay. Forget the fact that he was, oh, 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 oh. And by the way, he called earlier that day and pledged his, his support for uh for ISIS. <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, we forgot about that. So wait, let's get your pens out. So hold on. He he's ISIS 
right? He he pledges support for ISIS, so now that's even so now we hate the terrorists even more. Now we're fearful of the terrorists that before it was a foreign thing. Now we have ISIS here in the United States. He pledges support to ISIS. He hated gays. He was gay himself, and he had all these these weapons. You know, and he was mentally ill. So now we got everything we need. You know, that's the starter kit right there. That's the government, you know what I mean, starter kit. Let's just let's just pile it on. And again, guys, I'm not saying any of this stuff to take away um from the from the tragic loss of life. But at the same time, we've got to be smart. You got to open your eyes and look at how the government operates. You got to look at how this stuff works, guys. I mean, I really don't think people I mean, thousands of people in a in a nightclub. I'm talking about it. It was multiple shooters. It was definitely multiple shooters. You know what I'm saying? Just like with the Sanaya brothers, with the Boston bombing. The government lies, guys. I sat there and watched the other brother butt naked in handcuffs at like 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. I was glued to my TV. I told y'all before, he was butt naked. The other, The brother that supposedly... Was was killed in the in the fight. They arrested the one. The other brother was killed. How was he killed when he was butt naked in handcuffs? I saw it with my own eyes. The government lies to you, and they, I guess they just assume people didn't see that. Oh no, who well who was that? If that wasn't the brother, like who was that butt naked in handcuffs? No, never to be heard from again. No, you know it's just oh, oh uh, you know the scenario of one brother survived, the other one was killed. So then who was in handcuffs? Butt naked at one o'clock in the morning on CNN. I don't know. You know, you see what I'm saying? So I don't know, guys. I mean, more details will, you know, will probably not come out, and you know, we'll be left to just kind of go with what they spoon feed us. But uh, like I said, the death toll. It. Ju- I mean, it literally. Ju- my wife even. She's not. Like I said, she's not even into it. She said, "Yo, wasn't how wasn't the death toll like 21?" I, how to jump from twenty one to to forty to fifty one and then back down to forty nine. Real quick, real quick. And this is I don't want to get too too deep on y'all. But then this is where you kinda of have to. You gotta look at the symbolism and you gotta what's forty nine? What's nine plus four? Thirteen. What's this and, and at that point you kinda of gotta look at Different different sim- symbolism and, and meanings And you know And that's where it kind of gets complicated You know You look at uh, You know Morgan Freeman's His uh, his, do- his granddaughter was murdered At, at 3.30 in the morning And they're always very specific To to, to tell you exactly the time of the shooting as, as if that really matters But yeah His, his granddaughter Great granddaughter Whatever the hell she was oh, She was murdered at 3.30 in the morning Ben Simmons, the draft pick. We're just talking about this online. The day he was, <laughs> the day he was drafted. You know, he signed a before that. He even signed. He signed a twenty million dollar contract with Nike. Right. The day, the day of the draft. At what time, guys? I'll give you guys one guess. What what time was his cousin randomly hit a uh, hit and run? On the day of the freaking draft, his cousin happened to be out at. Three o'clock in the morning. Morgan Freeman's granddaughter murdered at three thirty. He was his cousin was killed. Ben Simmons killed. Number one draft pick killed three o'clock. 
if you look at the time of the actual Boston bombing, I'll let you guys look that up on your own. You know, <clears throat> it's a lot of stuff, man. It's a lot of stuff, and it's deep. That's, I just posted online that it's a, it's a very evil world that we live in. But yeah, man, forty nine. You know, forty nine is the is the official death toll. But like I said, I maybe somebody, maybe they thought two people died. You know what I mean? They they pulled through. You know, they falsely reported because I, I promise you. I mean, it was. I don't know if you guys were watching. It was fifty one. The death toll was over fifty. So how did it drop back down to forty nine? How did it skyrocket from twenty something to fifty something in a few hours? I mean, let me just ask you, because hold on, just really think about it. So what we have, you got it's a club full of dead people, and we're only talking about fifty people. So you got bodies. So you you have officials, you have police officers, you have EMTs. You're, you're going through the club, right? I mean, you're cleaning up. You're you're looking at everything. I mean, how long does that take? You're not gonna leave dead bodies sitting for hours and hours. You're gonna you're gonna get the you're gonna look at who's dead, who can be saved, right? I mean, it doesn't take hours to get a death toll. It, I mean, think about it. It's a couple twenty people. You're walking around a, a, a club counting bodies. How do you make that much of a mistake, right? I'm just, you know, I know, and if you look at the pe- the number of people who were wounded, somebody said, well, what if the people who were wounded died? Well, no, nah, because they actually had a, a specific number for, they, they were already accounted for. The number of wounded didn't change, right? I mean, it's not like, the okay, we have, you know, 20 people dead, another 20 wounded, and then, you know, 29 wounded, and then all those, the ones that wounded, they all died, and so now that's how we get to 50, no, that's not what happened. They just changed the number to 50 to make it the 40, the 50, then the 49 to make it the biggest mass shooting in history. 20 is, you know, 20 is cool, but 50 is a little bit better to push this agenda through. All right, I'm gonna leave y'all alone about that. I'm gonna let y'all just kind of, you know, let that marinate because the things that I'm saying, you're not gonna hear on CNN. You're not gonna, you know, what I'm saying they're not gonna approach it from that. From that perspective But I just want to encourage everybody to One, pray But then two Just kind of Understand that there are other forms Of getting information Other ways of getting information Than the mainstream media Who as we've discussed Is controlled by the government Alright, what else is going on out here, man? Talked about the Stanford rape case We talked about The, uh Politics Got a lot to talk about man Should we talk a little bit about entertainment news tonight You know it's been a little while since we were last live I told you guys earlier on the last time we were live uh, Tonight was uh, Or that last time we were live was, was the Umar Johnson interview Dr. Johnson So if you missed that definitely check it out Classic classic interview For, for us and what I do here It was a classic show But just from a you know, an entertainment standpoint, I mean, you can probably look at, you know, pull up some of his most fascinating interviews and realist interviews and even most controversial interviews, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better interview. I'm not, you know, patting myself. I'm just saying it, it was a crazy interview. So, uh, you know, check it out. 
let's talk about uh, entertainment news. Uh, what's going on in the world from an entertainment standpoint? Real quick, I want to talk about a couple of things. But uh, are you guys watching Greenleaf on on the OWN Network? You know, this is uh, produced by Oprah. It's uh, Oprah is in it, and, and it's uh, my wife and I watched <clears throat> the first couple episodes last night actually, and um, I liked it. I liked it. I actually, uh, you know, I like quality drama. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say, oh my gosh, it's the best show in the world, but. Um, it seems to be pretty well acted so far. It seems to be pretty, uh, pretty entertaining, and um, I'm gonna keep watching. And you know, at some point, I guess I'll do a show because there's a number of different different themes there that we can discuss and that uh, we have discussed over the years um, that I think you'll, you'll see played out on that on that show. Whether it's molestation, suicide, um, you know homosexuality, you know, this whole DL thing, um, favoritism within the family, you know, just the black church and the, the makings of it. You know, it's, a, it's it seems to be a pretty interesting show, unlike uh, what we're used to seeing on TV. So, yeah, check it out. If, if for no other reason, you know, just know I'm going to do it. I'm, you know, I'll be doing a special on it. Um, same as, you know, being Mary Jane's, you know, which all-time classic. Too. And to be honest with you, that, that, that two-night special on being Mary Jane, as I told you before, probably – is in in our history here on the show probably the most informative two episodes that I've ever been a part of, in my opinion. So definitely check that out, especially if you're uh, a, a watcher of of Being Mary Jane. <clears throat> um, so yeah, check out Own, and that's the only show I watch on Own. I don't watch uh, Having the Have Nots and all that other fool. I don't mess with that. But Greenleaf seems to be pretty pretty interesting so far. Um, one couple things, man, real quick. I just want to say rest in peace. I know it's been a little while, a couple of weeks. We weren't live here, but uh, rest in peace to Muhammad Ali. Um, just, you know, I, it's, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, he, he died. He was older. You know, he had some health issues. But uh, rest in peace to him, you know, someone who, <clears throat> he wasn't just a talker. You know, he was someone who actually put his his money where his mouth was. He let his gloves do the talking. He also, uh, you know, was an activist. You know, he, he stood up for a lot of things that the government tried to shove down our throats and things that, you know, really you don't see done today. You know, this guy sacrificed his, his, his belt, you know, for a cause that he believed in. We live in a society where we allow the media to dictate what we're passionate about. Muhammad Ali did not do that. He felt passionately about <clears throat> what he felt passionate about and, and he and that's what he what he did. That's how he lived. And I respect that. I respect anybody who uh right or wrong, you know, says what they feel. That's one of the reasons why I respect Donald Trump actually. It's one of the reasons why I talk about media propaganda. You know, I don't I don't agree with everything Donald Trump says at all. I don't agree with everything that Barack Obama says, you know, but at the same time, you know, that's how he feels. If you ask him a question, he's going to tell you what's on his mind. And I respect that. You know, I, I don't respect, you know, you asking Hillary, you know, Hillary Clinton is the queen of, you know, one, lying, but two, just deflection. Like, not even answering questions. Like, I don't know if y'all watch these debates. She answers no questions. How do you ask someone a question? They just give you the most run, you know, the runaround. You know, so I don't like that. But Muhammad Ali, 
he kept it real, and there's no way you cannot respect him. You know, um, one of the things I found interesting, though, is that, like I said, I know my history, and, and I talk to people who were around during his era. One of the things i got to realize is Muhammad Ali was not liked and certainly was not loved by, you know, the masses when he was fighting. You know, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't even loved when I was growing up. People, society does not like, first of all, they don't like people, you know, who, who, who speak their mind and who, and who go against the government, which Muhammad Ali did. You know, but Muhammad Ali was not this, in fact, he really wasn't even loved and portrayed in the media like, positively like that until his health started failing, until he really couldn't speak anymore. I mean, y'all know that, right? Oh my God, Muhammad Ali was the greatest of all time Nobody was calling him the greatest of all time You know, when he was cussing people out And when he was, you know, talking all that trash You know, when he was speaking out against the government When he was protesting, you know, civil rights He wasn't loved You know, he and when he couldn't talk anymore when, You know, when he See, one, that's the one thing white, white folks, they don't like an uppity, an uppity nigga and, and that's what Uh Malcolm X was, that's what Martin Luther King was, that's how Muhammad Ali was classified as, a, as an uppity. Oh, you one of them uppity niggas, ain't you? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're not a yes man, you're not a, a, a Uncle Tom. You, you want to go against the, the establishment. And now all of a sudden he can't talk, he can't really tell you what's on his mind. Now, now he's, you know, he, let's make a movie about him, let's... He's the greatest ever. You know, it's all it's all BS, man. But again, rest in peace to Muhammad Ali. That's that more more of that media propaganda, media bias. It's kind of oh, let's make Muhammad Ali this this superstar. The, the hell with the fact that we ruined his life. You know what I'm saying? Let's forget that. You know, but he you know now he was great. That's kind of how it goes. Um, what else, man? Congratulations to the Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers. You guys noticed I, I, I predicted, if you guys follow me on social media, Cavaliers in seven. I said that before the series even started. Um, I actually had Oklahoma beating uh, the Golden State. I was a little bit off with that. They uh, beat them in game seven, but I predicted they would win them, but then ultimately lose to the Cavaliers. I knew for a fact LeBron wasn't going to lose another series. So, and I'm not even a LeBron fan. I'm from Philly, so I'm a Sixers fan. But one of the reasons my wife asked me, she we were, we were watching it, we were watching Game Seven, and she was like, "Yo, what do you, who you, uh, who you want to win?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I said I want LeBron to win." I said, um, "I'm not even a Cavaliers fan, but I, I found myself." And it's interesting because I know everything that he represents. The, you know, the the whole, you know, agenda, just the whole. Um, you know, the pregame ritual, he's throwing up 666 signs and diamond signs, pyramids, all types of crazy stuff. I mean, it's really ridiculous stuff, unprecedented ridiculousness uh, that that LeBron partakes in, his, his relationship with Jay-Z and that whole thing. I mean, you know, aside from all of that, I found myself still rooting for him uh, because I don't like haters. I have a serious problem with people who, you know, just want people to lose you know, for no other reason than they win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's amazing. And I, I, it's like you, I'll ask people, like, "Yo, well, you know, you just don't like LeBron. Like, what do you? What don't you like about him?" No, I just don't like him. 
Like, okay, what? Because he wins a lot? Or, I mean, what's the. Yeah, they just win all the time. I'm sick of them winning. I just want somebody else to win. Like, what the heck? Like, why? Right. You see, like, and I don't know. I just don't like that. I'm used to. I, I get hated on myself. I just don't. I see hate. I don't like, you know, haters. Um, so, I found myself rooting for him. Now, and the funny thing is, people say, well, no, I just want Steph Curry to win. I said, why? Because he's a Christian. <clears throat> now, here's the thing, guys. And again, I don't, and I, I found myself discussing this on social media over in the uh, Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit. I'm, I'm not ever, you're never going to hear me say, you know, what's in someone's heart or, you know, because that, that's the epitome of judging that person. I'm not judgmental. I'm not going to judge, you know, Steph Curry. I'm not going to judge LeBron James. I'm going to just base my opinion off of what I see, you know, what that person shows me specifically, what I know about the entertainment industry, the sports industry. Um, and one of the things you have to understand is, <clears throat> you know, just like I was talking about Ben Simmons earlier, you know, before the draft even started, he signed a $20 million contract with Nike. That's not even at all his salary. I'm not even talking about his, his NBA salary, his contract. That's a whole nother. He signed a $20 million deal with Nike just just because to, just to, just he's the number one pick. This guy is going to become the, the new face. They're, they're marketing him as the new face of the NBA even. One of the things you guys have to understand is that these things are not, you know, there are things, there are requirements that come along with being a superstar. One of the things that the Bible speaks about is for the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. Money is not the root of all evil. A lot of people mis misquote that. It's the love of money. And what's happened is a lot of people have, have, you know, whether it's sports, everything centers around money, you know, and it's the pursuit of, of money and fame and power. And these are things that God hates. And how society is structured is de it's designed to blaspheme the name of God, to make a mockery of God, to glorify things that God hates. So the way that they do that is they'll even make a mockery of it, just like the, these sneakers. And people say, oh, wow, I like it because he's got, you know, a scripture on his shoe. Well, if you really look at it, it's not, it's not actually true, right? I mean, if you really look at the sneaker, the, the Steph Curry sneaker, and just pull it up on Google, what does it actually say? It actually says, I can do all things, Right? And now, you know, people can say, well, you can't fit the whole, you know, the whole scripture on the ship. Well, I'm just letting you know that's what it says. It doesn't say I can do all things through Christ. I mean, we just got finished talking on the show the other night about how they they censored the word Jesus Christ now. You can't even, they, they bleeped it out. Uh, who was it? Um, what's his name? I forget the boxer's name. He was fighting. He said, yeah, I just want to thank Jesus. Like, what? Jesus? They, 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 they totally bleeped it out. And so what I'm saying to y'all is, I don't care if you're Steph Curry, I don't care if you're Barack Obama, I don't care if you're Barack, uh, LeBron James, the Bible says that we are not, I mean, you know, anyone who, who is loved by the world, right, the love of God is not in them. 
And really what that means is you can't, it's, we're not put, we're not here to be celebrities. We're not here to be multimillionaires in the sense that, you know, we are we are famous and we are basking in the limelight. That's not what we as believers are put here for. And but and aside from that, if you do do that, if you if that's the path that you do follow, that's basically saying that because that's not God's plan, it's the world's plan, which is going to contradict God. There are going to be sacrifices necessary. It's kind of like when you want the love of God in you, you got to sacrifice, right? You got to give up the the worldly things. You got to give up the fleshly things if you want the love of God. Well, if you want the love of the world, if you want the riches, the fame, the fortune, well, guess what? There's sacrifices to that too. You, know, you might have to kill your cousin. You might have to allow your father to, die, you know, different things. You might even have to sacrifice your love for Jesus Christ. All right, now. That doesn't mean that deep down in your heart you don't like you don't love God. It doesn't necessarily mean that. How do you know Steph Curry doesn't love Jesus Christ? I don't know if he does or not. But I know how the NBA works, but I know how the world works. I know what the Bible says about being loved by the world. If you're loved by the world, that means the love of God is not in you, so you do the math on that. You know what I mean? You do the math. You know, somebody says, well, how do you know, you know, how do you be an NBA player? And, you know, sometimes you got to make decisions. I don't, like I said, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a celebrity. I'm not, you know what I'm saying, a multimillionaire. I don't, I'm just going off of what the Bible says. You know, if you look at one of the things that Obama, I mean, that uh, LeBron does, you know, prior to the game, I mean, he's throwing up, you know, clear and blatant and well-documented satanic symbols. I mean, that's just the, I mean, his pregame ritual, that's just scratching the surface. This guy, he does a lot, man. A lot on social media, a lot. I mean, just they all do. And so you really just got to know how the, I mean, the, the, the focus and the, the starting point has to be understanding how the world works. You got to understand what the price of fame is. And so when, cause, you know, I mean, the, the question, I'll answer as many questions as I can, but, you know, I, you know, at some point, though, you got to stop looking at it on an individual basis and look at it for what it is. It's like, okay, you're a celebrity. All right, this is what it takes in society to be a celebrity. You know, you can't the the you know, the the way the industry is controlled, you know, it's 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 not about the individuals. It's about collectively what those people running it believe and what agenda they're pushing. You can't want to be in a particular. It's like I want to. Oh man, you know what? I'm ambitious. I want to. I want to be a, have an office. I want to be the next Grand Wizard of the KKK. I'm like what? Yeah, I want to. That's what I want to do. All right, cool. I, I'm gonna try to do that. But it would be naive of me to think I can become the Grand Wizard of the KKK without adopting their practices and beliefs and ideologies. Some one might say, "Well, they don't. Don't you? Aren't you black? Don't you love black people?" Say, "Yeah, I do, but I want to be the Grand Wizard." So, what does that mean? I have to do something's got to give, right? You know, I love black people. I'm black myself, but if I want to be the Grand Wizard, well, when in Rome, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you love Jesus Christ, but 
You want to be a superstar, but you want to have a $20 million car, but you want to have the Rolls Royce. You, that's what, it's the conflict. Well, you got to do what you got to do. So, I mean, that's just, it's, you know, it's crazy, man. But one of the things that the Bible does say is that uh, for we wrestle not, you know, against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood is easy. It's it's actually the spiritual. Listen, the spiritual wickedness in high places. What what high places do you guys think that that's that the, that the Bible is referring to? It's the highest of the high places, the political places, the 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 top of the sports world, the the biggest movie stars, the politics, you know, all that stuff. Producers, the directors, Academy Awards. It's spiritual wickedness. In high places, that's the real problem that we as believers face. It's not flesh and blood. Watch this. Flesh and blood would be Freddie Gray. Flesh and blood is Trayvon Martin. The media wants you to believe that those are our biggest problems, right? Police brutality. Well, that's just flesh and blood. That's the battle between black and white. But the Bible already said that's not what we wrestle with. That's, not, <clears throat> that's just scratching the surface. That's not our problem. Our biggest problems are people selling their souls for fame and fortune of, of the uh, government pushing forward this, gay, this uh, gay agenda, this satanic agenda. That's the real problem that we wrestle with. So st- start focusing on the Bible and stop focusing on what CNN wants to tell you is the biggest problem. You know? One of the things I did recently was rebroadcast uh, my special of uh, Who Do You Stand For? The World Versus the Word. All-time classic show right there. All right. What else is going on in the entertainment industry, man? It's crazy out here. Well, no, before we before we switch gears, um, Aisha Curry. I was going to mention her. <laughs> people are amazing. Now people are jumping down her throat. They're saying... You know, what do you, you know, she, well, she said, if you guys haven't been following it, you know, um, everybody's saying, well, you know, Draymond Green was suspended for, um, you know, he, he hit LeBron. LeBron James tried to Iverson him. You guys know how Iverson crossed over Ty- Tyron Lue and stepped on him or whatever, and LeBron tried to do the same thing with Draymond Green, and Draymond wasn't having He swung at him, and I guess he, he caught him in the nuts. And so they they called that a flagrant foul. And so because he was already on his whatever it was, whatever the limit was, he had hit the the limit for technical fouls allowed in a, in a season. So they suspended him. Now, so you know, and obviously he's a very you know important part of the the, the Golden State team. Lop, uh, you know, Cleveland went on to win that game, and then ultimately went on to win Game Seven. So that led. Aisha Curry, Steph Curry's wife, to say, you know, the the NBA is rigged. They wanted LeBron and them to win. And so, uh, you know, it's rigged. Well, what the heck do you I – mean, and this is – I've been waiting to talk about this. I guess my question is, what the heck did you think? Of course it's rigged. It's not about basketball being rigged. It's not about boxing being rigged, football being rigged. I forget, what was the Super Bowl when the lights went out? Beyonce was performing or whatever, and the, and the lights went out, and, and, and they after that they came back, and you know, I mean, just craziness, man. Listen, you and I hear people saying, well, you know, you can't. How do you rig something? How do you rig a, a, a ball going into a basket? How do you rig 
know, it's not about that. It's about influencing. There, you guys have to understand. I, and again, I, I'm not going to sit and tell you I know the agenda. So if they don't win, if that's the case, who's going to win next year? Who? You know, I don't listen. I don't know. I, I I can tell you one thing. I can tell you that NBA Game Sevens are 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 extremely good for for business. They say that this Game Seven was the highest rated in about 15 years. And when something when you got ratings, then you then obviously that brings in advertising dollars. Who benefits from that? Well, guess what? I mean, that's anyone who thinks that the NBA didn't have an agenda of forcing a Game 7 is out of their mind. So how do we do that? How do we get another several million dollars, maybe another billion dollars in advertising from Game 7? Well, let's suspend Draymond Green. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's not rocket science, guys. And it's weird. It's like the people, the main people who don't believe that are the same people who just want to live under a rock and and just sit back, scroll through their social media feeds, turn on their nightly news or whatever, and just go with whatever they tell us is going on in the world. People just don't want to think for themselves. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to just, they don't want to think for themselves. But any, I mean, everyone knows boxing is rigged. Or, and and it has a history of being rigged, a well-documented history of being rigged. You know, judges, you know, split decisions. Oh, I'm going to give it to – oh, that's the, this is fixed. I mean, so why – I mean, why would boxing be any different from basketball? Why would basketball be any different from football? You know, these big old scandals, you know, deflate gate. Peyton Manning had this whole thing. You think nobody knew about that? You think that that wasn't sanctioned by somebody, you know, on, on high levels? To, to, you know, make Tom Brady, who's America's sweetheart, you know what I'm saying, a, a national champion, because that's, that's what's best for business, right? So, I mean, you just got to look at how, I mean, use your minds, use common sense. Bernie Sanders is telling us straight up the system is rigged. It's controlled by billionaires who run this country. I'm not saying that, but that's what Bernie Sanders is saying. These are things that Donald Trump is saying. He's saying billionaires like himself have literally paid for favors. It's amazing how people are, and now they're, they're trying to discredit him. He's, listen, I mean, he's saying it. He's told you straight up. He's snitching on himself and, and others. He's saying, but he, before he got into politics, he was a, he was a billionaire who literally paid politicians for favors by donating to their campaigns and, and their uh, you know, charities and different things. He paid for political favors. He said he has admitted to doing this, which tells you exactly what Bernie Sanders has said. We have a corrupt political system. So if, if and that's that's a fact. These are facts. These aren't. This is everyone should know by now. We have a corrupt political system. So if we have a corrupt political system. Why would we not have a corrupt and rigged sports system? A corrupt entertainment system. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why is that? You know, far fetched and out of the question to believe. Why is Aisha Curry being discredited as being a hater or being disgruntled just because her man lost when she's just for speaking the truth? When she said that, I'm like, duh. Okay, obviously it's rigged. I mean, so not to beat a dead horse, but come on.
You know what I mean? What else is going on? Speaking of basketball, I, mean, I really don't care about this, but uh, Iggy Azalea and Nick Young have broken up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does anyone care about that? I mean, I don't, but I I just found it interesting that, you know, it's I mean, it's not really interesting, to be quite honest with you, and um, I don't have too much to say about it. But one of the things I will say is that, you know, he did cheat and, um, you know, and brag, publicly bragged about cheating um, to his homies. And she said that she tried to forgive the trust, you know, forgive, but the trust was just not there. And I respect that. You know, and we talk a lot about relationships. We talk a lot about respecting uh, yourself. And um, I'm glad she walked away. A lot of women stay. A lot of women sacrifice their morals, their values, you know, just out of a fear of being alone, which is unfortunate, you know. So I like the fact that she uh, she's walked away, you know. Shout out to the, the white woman who, uh, you know what I mean? I'm just saying, not saying that that matters, but she is white and um, she's white. It is what it is. What else? Uh, Elle Varner was recently in the news. I don't know if you guys know about her. She's a singer. She was recently in the news for uh, encouraging women to respect their bodies and basically calling out some of these uh, slutty uh, singers, you know, and entertainers who who have no respect for their bodies. And it's just it's amazing to me, man. You know, I was watching a little bit of the BET Awards tonight before we went live, and you know, I mean, this whole Black Lives Matter. I mean, this whole it's all a joke. It's all ridiculous. And we we have the audacity as people to say our lives matter. But we have, we, you know, we have entertainers who put forth imagery, that, you know, specifically designed to put our young women in a, in a sexual mind state that's going to ultimately lead to them, you know, being pregnant at 17, dogged, you know, just just in a not so good place. And it's just like, how do we say that Black Lives Matter? How do we say that, you know, our lives have value? When we put in place these these weirdos, these people who who glorify drug use and drug dealing and gang violence, you know YG, you know Kevin Gates, I got two phones and you know your price is way too high. You need to cut your prices. What are you talking? You're talking about drug use, and there's no one stepping up and saying like, "Wow, we should boycott this. We should protest this." And these are popular. These are these are the most popular artists on urban radio that you know heard by millions and millions of youth around our country. And and no one in our community is stepping up and saying, "Hey, look, we this isn't sending a good message." Our kids are hearing this music. And they're thinking that drug dealing is cool, gang violence is cool, being a whore is cool, being a slut is cool. Because Beyonce says it's okay, Nicki Minaj says it's okay. Jay Z says it's okay to be a, to, to pop designer you know pills, so you know do popping Molly, sipping on whatever is cool. Future is talking about dirty Sprite being high off the same stuff that killed Michael Jackson. You know I mean come on, I mean, you're bright. You know, and this is stuff that I mean, and no one is you won't hear anyone speaking out against this stuff. You won't hear you hear all you know, but let 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 the cops kill somebody. Then you know, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. But how? I mean, turn on, just turn on the freaking BET Awards. Look at some of the performers. Look at the star, quote unquote, stars. It's a, by the way, the, the star on BET. That's you know what that is, right? 
Y'all know what that is? The the main logo where they introduced the award, like this the the quote unquote star. Y'all know that's not a star, right? You know, I mean, you know that's a pentagram. You know, all you got to do is flip it upside down, and you got the star of Satan. But that's a whole other topic. I mean, just but you saying, what are you talking about there? Look what I'm listen to what I'm saying. Go on, watch the BET Awards. Some of y'all watching it right now. That little star thing, the circle with the five, you know, points or whatever, that's half of the the star of Satan. It's a pentagram. They have it facing upwards. But all you do is flip that same image, Google Star of Satan, Google Satanic Pentagram right now, and then and then pause your DVR, and it'll be the same exact symbol. But that's a whole other topic. That's people don't even see what's right in front of their faces. I I said, you know, what? I'm gonna watch the BET where I want to tape them. I'm about to go live, so I'm gonna tape them. So I said, I, I scrolled through, but my my remote stopped. The guide stopped on VH1. I said, I said BET Awards. I said this is on VH1 though. Huh? What's the BET Awards doing on VH1? It's on BET. Centric, MTV, VH1. People, people don't even understand what's happening now. Didn't used to be like that. They guys control everything. There is no black entertainment television. The same as there's no gospel music. The same people who control BET, you know, are the same people who control MTV. There, it's just a different. It's a different hustle. The same people who put out rock music. You know, gangster rap are making billions off of quote unquote gospel music. It's the same thing. But let people let you ask certain people, they're like, oh no, they're gospel artists. They still think this is nineteen seventy. Nah, the game has changed. It's all one big hustle now. You know? So it's crazy, man. Let me I'm gonna tell y'all a quick story. I wanna talk a little bit about uh some more entertainment news, but before we run out of time, um Yo, I got pulled over again. You know, some people have been getting on me. They say, yeah, dang, man, you get pulled over a lot. I, I actually don't get pulled over a lot, you know, but I did get pulled over the other night. And I got to tell you, you know, I told my wife, y'all see, uh, I know y'all remember Boys in the Hood when uh, when uh, Trey came home and was fighting the air, swinging, was crying. Yo, like, it got real. But but the thing about it, and I've never, I've never, I'm 38 years old. I've never, you guys even heard me on many occasions discuss run-ins with the cops. I've never had this type of experience with the police before. But the craziest thing about it was, it wasn't even a white cop. It's a black cop. You know what I'm saying? My worst experience ever with the cops, as a 38 year old black man in America was the other night with a black cop. I mean, this guy was, I mean, you if he was white, you would have swore, that's the funniest thing about it, you would have swore he was racist. You would have swore he was racist. I mean, this dude threatened me. He threatened to shoot me. He threatened to stomp my face in. He was cussing at me for no reason. He threatened to take my car, take my gun, take my gun permit. He said, yo, you got a gun in I, mean, so, I don't even want to go too deep into the, the specifics of it, but you know what I'm saying? I got pulled over. In a in a perfectly you know legal car, you know registered car insurance gave him all my information, and this guy just went on on a, such a such a tangent just on other stuff that had nothing to do with anything. You got a gun in the car? 
Yes, sir. Where's the gun? It's in my bag. Oh, you going to jail. You going to jail, nigga. I'm going to jail. You just lost your gun. You just lost your gun. You just lost your permit. How'd I lose my permit, sir? You supposed to tell me that as soon as I, that's the first thing you supposed to tell. I'm like, you didn't you didn't ask me. You just you just I'm not hiding it from you just asked me about it. Man, man, get the F out the car. Going out there searching my car, searching my whole glove box, no search warrant, just going through the crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you got let me see it. let me see your registration. I'm like, is I'm like, is it okay if I go in my bag? He's like, Yeah. But I'm just telling you now. While you going in your bag, my hand is going to be on my gun. You make a wrong move, I'm going to shoot your head. Like, what? Like, crazy stuff. And I'm just telling you all, like, we have to get out of this whole thing of white versus black. Okay? Because it's not, it's not white versus black. It's really, excuse my language, asshole versus not asshole. It's white asshole cops. It's black asshole cops. You know what I'm saying? And... Fortunately, I what you know that situation. Listen, guys, that situation could have gone so wrong. I'm just if I would have not been who I am, and would have been harassed, and, and he would have been harassing somebody else who with a totally different demeanor. I mean, I'm telling y'all, that was. I'm trying to tell y'all like the the without really telling y'all, but that was like had the potential to be one of the worst possible outcomes. This guy, he was like, yo, I'm not, he's like, I ain't no city cop. I'm not a district cop. He's like, I work for the commissioner directly. You know, this guy, this guy was looking for trouble. He was looking, he, you could tell he hated blacks. He was looking at me like a criminal, and he, and he wanted me to be different. I said, look, man, I said, look, I, I said, I don't want no problems with you. I said, look, and he, I was totally right, and he was totally, he didn't even know what he was talking about. Like he was trying to say my deal I'm a deal I you know, I'm a i I'm a car dealer. I had a dealer plate. He had no idea how dealer plates even work. You know what I'm saying? He he was trying to say stuff about my dealer plate that just wasn't even logical to anyone who even knows a little bit about dealer plates. And I was like, look man, in in so even being right, I was I was like, you know what, I apologize. I said, I, you know what, you got it. I said, you're right. I said, I thank you for telling me. Thank you for educating me on how I should be conducting myself as a car dealer. I said, thank you. Thank you for telling me. I said, you, my fault, man. I said, I'm just trying to get home, flip a couple of cars, feed my family. I said, but I didn't know. And, and I knew everything. But I was like, you know what? You're right. And he was like, no, nah, we good. We good. We ain't got no problems. And then so he let me go. Thomas, he was like, before he was like, I'm a t- I should take your car. He's like, I can find stuff in here. I'm pretty sure I can find stuff in here. Get you put in prison. I'm like, put in prison? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going, I'm just driving around the corner, just going to the store real quick. And and it could have gone, threatened to shoot me, threat, crazy stuff. So, again, guys, don't don't fall for this media propaganda that this whole black versus white is all media. This was a black cop. You understand that, guys? And the same, but yet, but listen, if if that would have been a white cop, and I would have not been me, I guarantee you, that had the potential to be the next big, you know, thing. I, I I'm just being honest with y'all. Because <laughs> that's how that's how turned up he was, if you will, for no reason. How trigger happy he was for no reason. 
the level of hatred he had towards African Americans for no reason. And 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 the, and he had a Puerto Rican uh, partner who was just going along with the whole thing. Look, even looking, he was cool. I guess it was like a good cop, bad cop type of thing. But he was kind of fairly cool about it. He just wasn't saying nothing because he knew the, the the other dude was wrong. So it's crazy out here, man. But what else is going on out here? And I just want to tell you all about that, man, because there's so many instances that contradict what the media wants you to believe. You know what I'm saying? They want you to believe that all black cops are bad. I mean, all all white cops are bad. All black cops are good. Or actually, they don't even talk about black cops, but they just want you to think all white cops are bad. And that's just not the case. All right. What else is going on? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about love and hip hop, and I will do a little bit of uh, ass state on before we get out of here. Um, I, I watched love and hip hop, man, and it was, you know, they got the whole thing with uh, scrap, scrap Dilly on. You know what I mean? He, he's a, the drug dealer, big crime family down in Atlanta or whatever. And they show him, uh, you know, saying goodbye to his son. You know, he found out that he had to go to jail. And I found it to be interesting because, you know, it's 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 really unfortunate that, you know, children have to – we just talked about uh, fathers earlier, you know, being Father's Day recently and, you know, just – just children having to grow up without their fathers and have to see their fathers behind bars. Why? Because someone wants to live a certain lifestyle. Someone wants to be a baller. You know, someone wants to, you know, be a drug kingpin, whether it's Mendeecees, whether it's, you know, Scrap. I mean, you know, and this is not, these are not the images that that we should be seeing all the time. I mean, where are the positive black father figures? Black fathers. We see love and hip hop. These you guys realize that the love and hip hop franchise is actually the most popular show that caters to our demographic. You guys, I mean, you realize that, right? The eighteen to forty-five African Americans. That's that's the most popular show. You know, those are the most popular shows, and it's like if that's our demographic. And black lives are so important. Well, then why don't we show more positive images, you know, on that that specifically cater to that demographic? Now, I'm not talking about, although this is really not that much better, but you got your scandal, your how to get away with murder, which are also popular in the black community. But again, those are not our shows. The black demographic is only a f- small fraction of ABC's target audience, right? Yeah, we like it, but trust and believe, white people are watching that. That that's who makes up the 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 vast majority of the what is it, twenty million, thirty million a week. You know, that's not all, all black people. The most popular black show only averages about what two, three million viewers a week. So you really got to look at, you know, why we don't have more things. Why don't we support black artists, positive black artists, black television shows, you know, black black entertainers who are not, you know, degrading themselves, whoring themselves, you know, it's, it's really crazy out here, you know, I mean, let's not be hypocritical, and we it actually did a whole special on Black Lives Matter, if you guys missed it, definitely uh, one of the realest shows I've ever done, 
what else they got going on out here in the media. So that's Love and Hip Hop. Um, Stevie J, Jocelyn, evidently they've broken up, revealed they were never married. I mean, who cares? You know, I mean, who really cares about it? Is anybody really surprised that they weren't, you know, married this whole time? I mean, I could, you know, <laughs> I could really care less about that. Um, one of the things that I wanted to tell you, I saw this other thing when it was a Gennaro Pargo in Malaysia. They got from, uh, was it, Basketball Wives? It was reported that she is getting half of everything. I mean, I don't care about that. Who cares? I mean, that's how it should be. I mean, people are saying, oh, she's getting all this money. What does she do? Well, I mean, when you marry somebody, that's what it is. I mean, you 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 don't unless you're talking that craziness about signing a prenuptial agreement. I mean, you 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 split everything down the middle, you know. And so, if you don't want to go that route, you know, if you don't want to have to lose a certain money, one marry you know marry the person that God has for you, and, and stay married. Then you don't even have to. It's funny people talk more about divorce than they do. Act the importance of building and maintaining a successful marriage. Everyone's like, "Oh, she got this in alimony, and this is this prenup." It's like, "Whoa, where's the importance being placed on actually staying together?" So we we gotta get back to that. Couple um couple things, man. Couple things I wanted to do. Uh, I posed a few questions over in the Friends of the Data October Show group that were really. Uh, really uh, interesting debates, and I've been waiting to express myself because, um, you know, uh, I found that there's a there's a discrepancy with a lot of things in regards to men and women and relationships and dating, and we just got to build that. We got to bridge the gap. We got to get back to talking. We got to get back to communicating. So I found that women feel how they feel, men feel how they feel, and it's just like. There's this great divide because men and women are not communicating, so there's never really the, – the relationships aren't improving. Things aren't changing because there's not that compromise happening. There's not even the conversation happening. One of the the, the questions and the, the, the topics that I've been discussing recently was this whole uh, – there was a picture, a meme of a man getting a, his hair cut by a woman – who was dressed in a very scantily clad outfit, right? Now, I don't know if you guys saw that. If not, add yourselves over to the Friends of the Data on Tolbert Show group where we have a lot of really great discussions and I usually end up talking about it on the show. But <clears throat> and, and the question I posed was, you know, could this woman be your man's barber? And it was a good, it was a good discussion. Um, a lot of the women, though, were saying that you know they would not feel comfortable with the man with with that situation and i said you know you know i challenged that i said well, well why cuz actually the the thing actually said it was an insecurity test you know are you secure in your relationship and so that and then then came the question how i feel about that is ladies here's the thing when you when, see men go to the barber shops for one reason okay we go to get a haircut that's it. We're going to get a haircut. And I and I've I've seen stuff like this. Like I've seen women dressed like that cutting hair or doing hair. And I think and a lot of women were expressing that they would have a problem with that woman cutting the man's hair. And in my and in my mind I'm thinking, ladies, 
you have far more things to worry about than the barber. I mean, I mean, just first of all, you got a whole big barber shop filled with people. You know, if the barber – understand, if the barber is any good, you know, then they're going to have clientele. And most likely that means that you're going to have a man who's going to have to either call in advance and reserve his spot. And it's like an in-and-out type of thing. So nobody is having sex with the barber. Nobody is getting lap dances by the barber. Nobody – it's not – It's you know, if anything, it's just a haircut. Okay, I mean that's really it. And if your man is gonna cheat, I mean the whole thing centers around trust. Because the bottom line is, if if you trust your man, you that means you trust him in any type of environment. And if you don't trust him in any type of environment, then you don't trust him. You, that means your trust has limits, and your trust is not. Uh, it has conditions on. It. Okay, so yes, she may be a, look a certain way, but if she look, if the barber looks like that. What do you think the shampoo girl looks like? And that's the and I'm and I'm just only reason I'm talking about this is because I want women to understand how this stuff works. No, I'm trying to tell you, nobody's worried about the barbers. If anything, you know, you that's when you you know, the lady says the sexy shampoo girl. And I used to own it. Uh, you guys know about TRC hair. I I owned a, a hair salon. Men co- go to the barber shops a lot of times specifically for the shampoo girl. You know, so what, at what point do you draw the line? You know, whether it's the sexy cashier, the sexy shampoo girl, you know, or whatever, or just the women that happen to be in there sweeping up the hair or whatever. That's how you get the men to come. So at what point, if you want to regulate that, you know what I'm saying, where do you draw the line and say, you know, I don't want you getting your hair washed? Because those massages be crazy sometimes. The fellas know. Like, I'm just, you know, you laying back. You got the you know, nice warm towel around your neck. A lot of times she's smelling good. She's mas- massaging the scalp. And, you know, depending on those skills, that massage game is crazy. And so, and it's, and that's, and even those things aren't even a big deal. You don't see, I've never seen a guy like, oh, dad, you gave a good massage. Let me call you sometime, or let me, here's my number. You don't even see that. It's, at the end of the day, it's a massage, you dip, you know, a shampoo, you tip her, and, that, and you go back to sit in your chair until you get your cut, and that's it. You know, and, and it's amazing how women are focusing on things that really, in the eyes of men, don't even matter. You You got women say, well, I don't want you getting your hair cut by her. I don't want you getting a shampoo from her. But this dude is going on lunch dates with his coworker. You know what I'm saying? This dude is working late hours, taking business trips, smashing off the chicks in the in the in the hotel that the company paid for, and you worried about a barber. This is the stuff that actually happens. This is the stuff that where you see ladies a lot of women are, ins- and I'm going to be real with y'all, and I'm not talking about anyone specific. I'm just speaking generally here. But a lot of women are very insecure about their physical appearance. Okay, I'm just being, you know, that's just what it is. Now, men too, but I'm just saying a lot of women are very insecure about how they look. Okay, how they, specifically how they look naked. So when you have a man 
and you don't even really like how you look or you have certain issues with how you look, but then you see a woman who has direct interaction with your man who you know you feel maybe intimidated by or, you know, looks how you would like to look or you think that he would find her to be sexy or attractive, that's an issue for you. But the issue isn't the woman in most cases. It's how you view yourself. Because you have to trust that your man looks at you the way you think he's looking at that woman. And if you can do that, you're all good. These men don't care about, you know, you see a, a, a pretty face. It's pretty faces all, all over. You can't go to Instagram without seeing a beautiful woman. You can't go on your timeline without seeing a beautiful woman, half naked, bikini shots, vacation shots. You, men see that all the time. We're go, ladies, we're going to see beautiful women. But you have to know in your mind that, he, one, you're beautiful, and trust that he finds you beautiful and is going to honor and respect that relationship. You know, and that's that's you know what it comes down to. But a slut, you know, who, who's dressed, you saw the picture, with her whole backside out, ass out, that's not... That's not sexy. That's not anyone who you should feel intimidated by. It is, it's, it is what it is, especially if you're dealing with a man who calls himself a Christian. Because watch this. A lot of y'all, y'all got a bigger chance of your man cheating with the deaconess, a man cheating with the woman who sings that great solo on the choir, than you do a woman dressed half naked at the barbershop. You might need to, need to worry about the woman at the Bible study on, that he goes to Friday nights before you worry about a slut at the barbershop. That's nothing. Which leads me to another discussion that we recently had about strip clubs versus, well, not even versus, but just about strip clubs. And one of the things that I told the women, and the question was, ladies, would you or how would you feel about your man going to, you know, to a club, to a strip club? You know, or, or actually, the question was an upscale gentleman's club. How would that, you know, how would that make you feel? You know, and, and this is not the first time that I've had this discussion, but a lot of women will say, no, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not okay with that or um, I'm not comfortable with that and I would feel like that's cheating and, and different things. And one of the things that, and if you guys have if, uh, have missed any of my specials from back in the day on the ins and outs of the strip club, and we've had a number of strippers on the show over the years, um, women who have revealed, you know, the actual ins and outs of the from a mo- monetary standpoint, a sexual standpoint, just how the game is played, and so you know, just to kind of give women an understanding of what really goes on, a, a gentleman's club, and I get you know there are go-go bars, there's there's strip clubs, there's, then there's gentlemen's clubs. The go-go bars are really the, you know, the the lowest of the lowest. Like you got all types of crazy stuff going on. But then you got, you know, if you're talking about an upscale gentleman's club where you can actually go and have dinner, where you can actually, you know, do business, um, have a nice, you know, ambiance. I mean, and I'm not saying that I'm an advocate of that. I'm just saying that hypothetically if if a man decided to go to that place, or found himself there through circumstances. Understand, ladies, that's like the that's like the least of your words, or should be the least of your words. 
okay? Because half those places you can't, you're not even allowed to touch these women. It's not a, you know, this stuff isn't a big deal, you know. I mean, there's we did a special back in the day, me and Gerald on uh, how to how to avoid being cheated on, you know, and that was a very what I call controversial show because so many women were feeling like, wow, you, you know, you're not you're 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 making it seem like it's okay for men to cheat. Whereas I'm saying, no, nah, it's it's not okay, but this is how you avoid it from happening to you. And uh, so many women would rather focus on the naked chick at the barbershop cutting hair or the woman sliding down a pole rather than looking at their own insecurities or their own flaws that they bring to the relationship that ultimately lead to men in the arms of another woman. And a lot of the, the the infidelity and the cheating that we see going on in society actually has very little to do with the other woman. It has very little to do with what she looks like with her clothes off. You know, we, we, there was another discussion recently uh, on, on attitudes, black women versus white women and women of other races, and uh, which brought back to memory a special that I did you know, a few years ago, on, or actually a few months ago, on, on white women versus black women and just the dating differences, Google dating differences, and that show will come up. And a lot of times, and it's not to say that white women are better or this and that, but the reality is one of the main reasons why men are cheating and specifically cheating with women of other races is because of the historical frustration that we have with women with attitudes. Now, most men don't have an extensive history dating white women, and so when, they're, when they think of their own dating frustrations, that frustration is usually directed towards African-American women. And so all you have to do, ladies, is, is understand the top things that frustrate men in relationships, okay, the top things that make men want to seek out comfort from a different place, and then and, and you be the opposite. It doesn't mean you have to debate. It doesn't mean you have to argue. You have to be combative. And, you know, I said, uh, this is amazing, in, in another group that will, I'll, I'll allow to remain nameless, what did I say online? I said, I posted this. What did I say? I said, uh, ladies, keeping your body, excuse me, I'm sorry, respecting your body is it's essential if you want to be viewed as a potential wife. Respecting your body is essential if you want to be viewed as a potential wife. Now, to me, that seems like common sense. You know, it's common sense advice. I mean, you know, you got to respect your body. But you'd be surprised in this group, so many women were attacking me. How you a, how you a man that wants to watch porn and go to strip clubs and cheat and this and that, and you want to talk about what men... I'm like, what are you talking about? Men want to go out here and be whores, but they want their women to be a certain type of way. How how come you men don't just start respecting yourselves? I'm like, yo, I'm not coming at y'all. I'm not trying to, you know, say women are bad men. I'm just saying this is what you want to do if you want to be viewed as a wife. Like, that's it. So I think what we got to do, ladies, is... um, that, that no matter whether we're talking about the barbershop, whether we're talking about the strip club, whether we're talking about, you know, just 
common sense dating advice. We've got to get back to a point of letting that wall down, you know, to the point where you can actually self-reflect. A lot of times when you're dealing with hurt, pain, resentment, it can be uncomfortable to self-reflect. It can be uncomfortable to hear advice that goes against what you're used to, and it can cause you to attack, go into attack mode, be defensive. But um, you got to understand that every man is not looking to attack you. Every man is not your enemy. You know what I'm saying? There are, interestingly enough, men, some men who just want to help. You know, now granted, those men are few and far between, but at the end of the day, man, you know, we got, that's how, that's the only way we're going to bridge the gap is by communicating, talking, praying, and um, discussing things from a biblical standpoint. I think I've talked to y'all long enough, man. I'm going to, um, we get ready to wrap it up tonight. But um, I want to thank everybody who listened in, man. Like I said, I know the BET Awards were on. That's cool. Shout out to everybody who tuned in live tonight. Shout out to people who are checking us out in the morning on their way to work, while they're working out, while they're driving home, however you listen. I appreciate it. iTunes, all that good stuff, podcast. Um, follow me on social media, man. Ask Daydon, um, well, a couple different places, facebook.com slash Daydon Tolbert. Everything is Daydon Tolbert. My YouTube, though, is uh, slash Ask Daydon. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, how we do it. Summertime, shows get a little bit fewer and far between, but there's always a, you know, a show on, archive show, classic rebroadcast. Check us out seven nights a week. And um, and that's it, man. You know, I just want to, um, like I said, I know I talked about a lot tonight, but just a couple things to leave you guys with, man. And, and what's what I'm most passionate about right now is just, you know, over these next couple couple weeks, couple months, couple years, you know, we're going to see a lot of different things from the media. You know, you're going to, like I told you, man, that anti-hate bill, you know, there's not really any talk about it now, but, oh, it's coming. You know, it's going to be a lot of different things that that are coming, especially as we transition into this new administration and uh, this, this Clinton administration. And um, that's it. That's it. That's where everything really changes and really goes downhill based on the foundation that was laid over these last eight years. And um, I just encourage everyone to, to not forget, you know, who we are, what we believe, and what should be important to us as, you know, as believers, not as social media junkies, not as, you know, people who just want to be pawns and sheep and follow, but really just, you know, pray about what God wants for us and subsequently what we should want for ourselves. All right, guys, so I appreciate you for listening, and I will see you next time. Good night.
let that untold motivate you, girl. Let that on be a motivation, child. Let that untold become and rock your world. Mm-hmm. Let that on be a motivation, child. Let that untold motivate you, girl. Let that on be a motivation, child. Let that untold become and change your world. your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.